Bloomberg. A Florida man was arrested for screaming at neighbors and threatening to kill them, all because his testicles hurt. Police got the call about a 32-year-old man possibly on drugs and threatening to kill the neighbors with a gun. Officers found the man soaked with sweat and clearly panicked. He told them his testicles were hurting and he believed he had parasites from swimming in a nearby creek. (laughs) Which, um, maybe he watched an episode of Monsters Inside Me and... You could have just told me that story and said, guess where this happened. Would not have been I'm hard to do f- that moving forward. Yeah, not hard to figure out that was a Florida story. <laughs> also, that's something that never happens to the wealthy. You never see the wealthy threatening to murder their neighbors because their testicles hurt. This is true. Seems to be specifically true. geared towards people who live on the beach. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 70 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The summit between President Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin is about to get underway in Helsinki. Comes just days after 12 Russian intelligence agents were indicted for trying to influence the presidential election by hacking the DNC and Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. National Security Advisor John Bolton said yesterday Yesterday, the president won't ask Putin to extradite the indicted Russians. On ABC's This Week, Bolton said that would be silly since the U.S. and Russians, uh, Russia do not have an extradition treaty. Officials are investigating an officer-involved shooting in Pittsburgh's Arlington neighborhood last night. Police say they were called for reports of a man pistol-whipped on Charcot Street. Police say they approached the suspect who was armed with a gun. An officer fired one round. The suspect was reportedly hit in the leg and taken to the hospital. Investigators are looking at body camera footage and talking to witnesses. Today is Amazon Prime Day or Christmas in July for Amazon Prime members. Customers will have access to over a million deals. This year, the sale has been extended to a 36-hour period. Technically, you have to be an Amazon Prime subscriber to take advantage of those deals, but some vendors offer discounts to all shoppers, and there's also a loophole that allows free trial users to get in on those sale prices, too. I've done that before where I went on anticipating that I was going to see something I really wanted to buy, and I never do. Never. It's not like... First of all, they know your buying patterns. So I think they put an algorithm in there. So anything that you actually want to buy is not going to be on sale. They know what you looked at. They know what you usually buy. But they will throw something up there like, and here's a a 98-inch flat screen for $1,100 off. And you think, well, that's a lot of money off. Maybe I need a 98-inch flat screen. (laughs) And coat hangers. Actually, is that what you buy from no, Amazon? I'm just that's just some weird item that they would have on sale. Always, that nobody so, yeah. Wants. People who bought this also bought step ladders. I actually do need a TV this year, so I'm thinking uh, I might be a Black Friday purchaser. They say right before the Super Bowl is the best time to buy televisions. Really, I would yep. think that that's when they would try to gouge you. Well, you just have to wait till February, Bill. That's it. Yeah. Hang on, I can do that. Can't sleep? Well, according to experts at mattress company Beautyrest, there's one surefire trick that will make you fall asleep fast. Get drunk. It's it's not buying a new Beautyrest mattress, no, surprisingly. That's, that's number two. Uh, instead of tossing and turning and trying to figure out how many hours you have left before you have to wake up, just close your eyes and visualize your childhood home. They say take yourself through the hallways into each room. Think about the pictures that were on the wall, maybe a knick-knack you remember. Uh, They say pretty soon you'll be fast asleep. And why does it work? Because it distracts you. 
when you get your mind off of everything, but that awful bedspread you had as a kid, maybe, uh, they say you'll fall asleep in no time. Unless the reason you're not sleeping is because of what happened in your childhood <laughs> home. <laughs> right. <laughs> How Our, many memories is that going to trigger? That's what I'm saying. You Bing Crosby's kids, that might not be a good exercise. <laughs> Archived interviews with the late Lou Reed are being compiled for a new book due sometime in August. My Week Beats Your Year, Encounters with Lou Reed, focuses on the singer's solo years following the end of the Velvet Underground. The book will include over 30 interviews and follows a collection of Reed's unpublished poetry titled Do Angels Need Haircuts, which was published in April. And Sasha Baron Cohen's new show, Who is America, airing on Showtime, and he's already gotten gun rights advocates to support arming three-year-olds. The comedian has made a career out of adopting outrageous personas under the guise of filming legitimate documentaries and getting people to take the bait. The show aired Sunday and started with an interview of Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who seemed rather confused um, more than anything else. He's like, the guy's name is like Billy Ray or something like that, the character he's doing with with Bernie. And Bernie's like, Billy Ray, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) None. He also got others, including former Senate Majority Leader Trent Lott, into giving their support for Kindergartians, a supposed program to train toddlers how to handle firearms. <laughs> I watched about 20 minutes of it. Oh, I, I, I started to fall asleep. Um, but there's he did this one bit where it was like he made up some TV show like called Second Chance for people getting out of prison. Mm-hmm. And he was like this prisoner who became an artist, and they hook him up in this like, art gallery in Laguna Beach and this lady clearly just wants to be on TV so bad she'll do anything and you know his only means of creating art in prison were using his own bodily functions yeah and I mean it's one of the it's as good as anything I've seen in Borat or in um, the, the other one Bruno it's exactly like watching Borat and Bruno throughout these characters. It, I thought it was so freaking funny. He's just basically highlighting how gullible and stupid we all are. Yes, and yeah. it's not it's not only one-sided. He he brutalizes liberals in the in the second sketch. It is so funny. It's 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 a really funny show. I I would watch it if uh if you're a fan. Again, if you're not, don't. There you go. There's how not to be offended. Uh, warm and humid today. Showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Upper 80s again for the high. It is 70 at DVE. Our buddy Joe Bart next is going to be hanging with us after 8 o'clock today. Also, we'll talk soccer with Steve Davis, ESPN Soccer Today uh, analyst. He uh, will break down the World Cup win for France. Benzie's filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports today. The Buccos five-game sweep of the Brew Crew just makes it that much more difficult for Bob Nutting and company to uh, execute the purge here in the upcoming days. Uh, that was so. I was so glad it happened like that. That was pretty exciting. Very exciting. So uh, Tim will have all of that for you and more. ACDC gets us. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter. And uh, yesterday uh, I was at a function and they had deviled eggs. And I just was, I go, oh, they got the Joey O'Connell. And now I'm just calling it the Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills. The uh, the hutch to Billy Gardell's Starsky, Joey O'Connell, explaining his love of deviled eggs. Hey, we got permanis out there, the HBK yeah. permani sandwiches. Yeah. 
Joey, relax. Joey, relax. Oh, wait. Okay. Relax. See that? He's like, you got to unplug your headphones. See that? He backed this chair up and almost pulled his head. It's like watching a horse go into the stable at the Derby. He didn't want to get in there. They should come up with a deviled egg per Manny's for you. Instead of putting a fried egg on it, they put a deviled egg on it. Deviled eggs. Dude, Capicola and deviled egg. The Joey O'Connell. Let me tell you the great thing about deviled eggs. All right? Just say this, and then I'll get off. All right. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> Two is one. <laughs> well, you know, what other food you, know, oh you can say two, really two is one. You got deviled egg proverbs. Uh, yeah. Two is one. Every time yeah. I see deviled eggs, I think of you. <laughs> Every time. The branding is ridiculous. Isn't that what you want out of life for people to see deviled eggs? <laughs> A good deviled egg. And think of you. Two an ambassador. is one. Two is one. You're like you're like the devil egg Buddha. Yeah, it's the DV morning show, Fortunate Son. C C R. A long weekend. This past weekend. Busy. But a great one. Hot. Uh, oh my God, was it ever hot? Uh, Bill, you went to Kennywood yesterday. I did. With our with the winners Jumped of the, the, line. the the Crawford crew skipping the line at Kennywood, cutting Cut the, the line. line with Crawford. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. And thank you to all the 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 listeners who came out and and uh, hung with me yesterday at Kennywood. That that uh, promotion is a blast, and I always have a good time. And me and Serena basically met up with a crew of twenty people and just went around riding rides. How great is that? It was great, and nice. we got to see Gino. Gino stopped out and saw us, oh, and I was like, nice. "Hey, it's weird to see you without your better half." Brian, uh, yeah. you know, just just hung it up a couple uh, couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, it's it's a little weird being here without him." It, I said, how's he doing? He goes, he's bored. I bet. <laughs> the greatest one minute in documentary history is from Kennywood Memories, and that's Brian and Gino, where Rick Rick Seaback explains how they get ready each morning and how they ready the, the track on, wait, which roller coaster was it? Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. I mean... They're like falling down on top. They're doing the most treacherous work ever. They're walking around checking the roller coaster by hand. <laughs> the catwalks on a roller coaster are most dangerous on a morning like this, just after a rain. The wet, greasy wood can be like ice. You all right, Gino? Yeah. Sure you all right? Yeah. <laughs> the classic. You know You're right, I, Gino. You know what I loved? There was, you know, out of the 20 people, I would say uh, probably 12 people are like diehard listeners. And then, you know, some people yeah. brought their wives or their girlfriends or whatever. And when they saw Gino, they they treated him like oh, yeah. a, rock a rock star. star. He is a rock star. He, he was given out uh, autographs. There was this kid, Justin, that was like... Who got to ride the Thunderbolt with Gino? He was taking selfies with That's him. So it was, awesome! And Gino played along, and it was great. And I got to show that you know, there's we have an escort from Kennywood that takes us around to each mm -hmm. ride. Lisa, she's great. And I pointed out on the other side of the you know where the Thunderbolt is, there's a mural, and I pointed out the two silhouettes of Brian and Gino, and the one of Gino is he's falling. Did you oh, ever see no, that? Oh, no, that's so great. And 
she was cracking up. She didn't know that was there. She's like, I've never seen that. That is hilarious. I was like, well, you got to be down with the intricacies of Kennywood yeah. memories to get that reference. Right. But it was so funny because I, I was like, Gina, where, where is the T-shirt you were wearing in that in that clip? Because if you can remember, he was wearing a Sergeant Slaughter T-shirt <laughs> when he's walking around and cleaning or, you know, checking the Thunderbolt by hand with a rubber mallet at, you know, 6 a.m. My favorite part, though, was when he – was it Brian or Gino that does the uh, – he did the uh, oh, uh, centaur, Yinger yeah, centaur. Gino is the one who gets in the in the cart at the beginning. <laughs> he literally oils the track by lodging himself in the front car of the mm-hmm. roller coaster and leaning over as it's going around the track and oiling it. Once the track has been checked out, Brian and Gino will work on the coaster's chain. Then they'll usually give the empty train a dry run. If all seems okay, Gino will then get ready to oil the track. He hangs out the front of the train. We dropped the lock bar, so this is locked. I just get in here and put my knee against the pad and brace myself. Gino has to make this run twice, once for each side of the track. Oh, he's going. Oh, Growing up as a kid, I was afraid of coasters, especially the jackrabbit. My first job was working on the jackrabbit. Ended up being a manager for three years. I mean, well, and now he's immortalized there. But uh, yeah, imagine he's worked that. there since 1980. I mean, he's got to be those, fearless. Those old oil candles, like the kind of push on the, the bottom, the Tin Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, refill uh, can. I mean, geez, Louise, going around a roller coaster like that, hanging out the front, and it's not a smooth ride. No, there's a lot of action on that ride. No, things are a lot different there now. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, yes. OSHA not alerted to that, I'm sure. <laughs> I asked him, I said, how, how do you guys clean that roller coaster? Because it's definitely not like that. And he goes, oh, they don't do it like that anymore. He's like, I don't, you know, he's like, they probably have to walk the whole track. No, oh, I bet they have some That's sort of That's how he broom. was doing it. I was going to say, why wouldn't they, like, mount something on the front of yeah, the Yeah, I'm sure there's something they can mount and just cars. push it. Yeah. You'd be surprised how <laughs> <laughs> archaic things yeah. still are. Uh, uh, that's the, what makes it great. Yeah, you know? that is true. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of Kenny was no matter how it's the the Wooderson, no matter how old everyone gets, Kenny Wood stays the same. When I first started here, there was a lot of older buildings in the park. We had some older rides, and now things are sort of changing. It still has its character, but it's a little different now. It's not the old stuff anymore. It's a little newer, and you sort of have to adjust yourself to it, you know. It's like a little faster-paced world out here now. <laughs> but it's almost like Kennywood's here regardless of the public coming in and out, different generations, and the different management that comes and goes or whatever. Kennywood's here, and it's probably always going to be here. Ah, uh, yes, the Kennywood philosopher. Tim Benz, he has your sports when we return. DVE Sports. Yeah, it's the DVE Morning Show, and while the Buckos' five-game sweep of the Brew Crew is impressive, uh, pressing news uh, for the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell is our first order of business this morning as Tim Benz takes over for Mike Pursuta with your sports on DVE. Yeah, it is decision day for the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell, brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. 
And this is what the Steelers are looking at if they want to pay their star running back $14.5 million on the franchise tag if they can't come together on an agreement between now and 4 p.m. That's when the deadline is. Now, Mike Tomlin was down in his hometown of Hampton, Virginia, and speaking with WAVY Television, and he made it sound optimistic that something could still get done. Uh, obviously, we want to get the deal done. Yeah. He wants to get the deal done. Um, everybody has said that. Uh, now it's just about the negotiators, negotiators getting in the room and, and doing what it is they need to do. I'm excited and hopeful. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some exciting news here before Monday. Well, now it's Monday, and we haven't gotten the exciting news yet. <laughs> and if you are excited by that quote from Tomlin, let me remind you that at this time last year, he spoke with the same reporter at the same time at the same event, said basically the same thing. And nothing got done. So let's not go right. too crazy with that quote. And the the quote, both sides want to get a deal done, it's just a matter of doing it now, is not saying anything. No. We know that. Both sides want to get a deal done means both sides want what they want. That You're not saying anything. Right, and Le'Veon Bell hasn't come down from what he has wanted since the middle of last year. <laughs> and the Steelers yeah. have not come up from where they are willing to stop, which I think was plenty good enough at $13.1 million, if you believe you. that report. In fact, if you told me it was only at 12.5 over an extended period of time, I would have thought that would have been enough. Uh, I think uh, I think he's really playing with fire, Lev Bell. Honestly, I think he's taking a big, big, big risk with his future by holding out for what will, after he pays his agents and everybody else, amount to maybe 2 or $3 million difference. You know, like, why would you screw with your future over that? For as much money as we're talking about here, I mean, unless he's going to a ridiculous extreme and that report from the NFL Network is right, and he wants $17 million per season the rest of his contract moving forward at his age, which he's not going to get as a running back. He's not getting it anywhere. If he really is in the 14.5 range, just for the sake of argument, if he really wants the franchise tag over an extended five-year contract, come down to 13.1 where they had it before, and there's your security right there. Now, of course, it's all in the guaranteed dollars and how they front load it and Mm -hmm. how much they give you over the first two years. But to me, if you're getting into that realm where you've decided over the overall money, you should be able to get over that hump if one side is not being unreasonable. And my guess is it's probably not the Steelers since they've gotten so many of these other kinds of deals done in the past. Ian Rappaport tweeted uh, moments ago that uh, this deal is is suspected to go down to the wire like it did last year and that neither party is optimistic. Yeah, and that's a different tone than what we even heard as recently as yesterday. Right. And the the countdown clock strikes midnight at 4 p.m.? It strikes midnight at 4 p.m. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, Todd Gurley not helping matters. The Rams running back said yesterday, I don't know if you saw this quote or not, but he was asked about the disparity between NBA and NFL contracts, and he said... I only want like you know eighty million dollars, not one hundred and fifty million. So he's keeping it humble. He's keeping it real there. Like yeah. you know, only eighty million. I'm glad he stayed grounded. Right, exactly. Pirates, uh, <laughs> uh, as Randy talked about before, they have now won seven of eight this week, eight of nine overall. A five-game sweep of the Brewers was concluded at PNC Park yesterday in dramatic fashion. Pirates roll back from five-two down in the eighth. Corey Dickerson had a two-run homer that had been their only hit all game. Then they went on to tie the game 5-5 in the ninth thanks to an RBI triple from David Freeze that just missed going out of the park. Milwaukee scored once in the 10th, but then in the middle of a rain cloud burst and lightning strikes, 
Josh Bell strokes a single to center field. Gregory Polanco, Colin Moran come home. Ball goes through the catcher's legs as Moran slides <laughs> across home plate to score the winning run. Uh, Bell talked about how the win and the hot streak has energized the locker room. No, it's, it's great, uh, you know, especially after this weekend, uh, putting together some really good baseball on uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, and coming out, scratching out wins. Um, it's definitely... We're all flying away with a with good taste in our mouth. And from AT&T Sportsnet, this was the first five-game sweep in Major League Baseball in 12 years. That was the uh, that's that's a hell of a statistic right there. But uh, I've never heard that uh, phrase turned around the other way. We're leaving with a good taste in our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's not this usually taste how you. Is yeah. Wonderful. I never heard anybody reverse that one before. Mm-hmm. This coffee is leaving a good taste that's in my right. mouth right now. Like. Yeah, uh, you don't want to go in the break with a bad taste in your mouth. Nobody ever says it the other way. No. We're just glad that we have a good taste in our mouth. <laughs> Unless you're like a snooty beer guy. What a mouthfeel that was. I mean, yeah, but and that porter. As, a, as sports metaphors go, reversing them might be a fun trend. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I hope it continues for the Buckos, uh, both on the field and uh, in the uh, trite trophy contesting that goes on uh, postgame. Uh, the Greg Brown call, by the way. Good Lord, you would have thought that they <laughs> they, uh, they won the World Series two times in a row. I think he's still sweating after that one. Uh, one last quote here from Neil, Neil Huntington on the Buckers. Remember, he's the one that made the edict. They've got to go better than 4-4 four and four yeah. for him to reconsider. Well, they went way better than 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They went 7-1. So, Neil, what now? Um, it reminds us that that's what we can be. Unfortunately, we also had a seven-week stretch where we fell to seven games under 500. So while we've closed ground in the division, we've closed ground in the wild card. We've had a great week against really good teams. Uh, we need to do more, and we need to continue to <laughs> <play>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Those goal oh, wow. are moving, yeah. huh? Yeah, Come that on. is such BS. It's like the parallax puck in the Washington Penguins series. Just hit it right behind the goalpost as it moved a little bit. You knew that was going to happen, though. Yeah, so that was uh, his quote before the game. In fairness, it was before the big game yesterday, before the big comeback yesterday. But something tells me he still means it in that regard, and we'll, we'll still be seeing, oh, seeing players move. Those goalposts were going to be moved no matter what. I mean, he he regretted saying it the way he did immediately, I guarantee you. he went, like Someone's like, oh, geez, you kind of set the table there. This thing. <laughs> If they're good, you kind of have to eat your words. And he's like, ah, give me a break. These bums stink. There's no way what are they're going to do. Four and go four. out seven and one? Yeah, I know. Exactly. He probably said, what are they going to do? Six and two? No, no seven, seven and one. Seven and one with a five game sweep. That is just incredible. Uh, congratulations to France. They won the World Cup, which is not a cup. Four and two. Uh, four to two is the final score. And I don't know if you saw the goalie at the Hugo Loris. Is that how you say his name? Mm. Hugo Loris. He almost became the Bill Buckner of soccer. Instead, he's. Leon Lett. God, that would have been great. I wanted them to come back so bad after that goal. He's just kind of a funny sports side note now after he kicked the ball into the Croatia player's shin and he ended up scoring. Yeah, you're right. Leon Lett. That's that's a good analogy from (laughs) Buckner to Leon Lett. And it's always better to be Leon Lett. And uh, Djokovic uh, won the Wimbledon championship. Oh, yeah. Just huge international news that we will completely. (laughs) Serena got beat. (laughs) Barely mentioned. Oh, yeah, dude. How about that? I know she's ten months away from having from a kid, her. right? Yeah, I couldn't believe she was playing. I know, and she—I mean, she was like, "I did this for all the moms out there," and I was like, "Why did she say that?" Oh, yeah, because she had a kid ten yeah. months ago. Ten months ago, yeah, and she made it to the final. Well, there's a big controversy. Remember about how they should be ranked coming back from 
pregnancy, the female tennis players. This she she was ranked way low. Yeah, it's like a big talking point, like you underseating her because of her reputation. And I don't know, they've got the ranking system the way that they've got the ranking yeah. system. I don't think anybody thought that Serena was suddenly going to suck, but for right. her to get that far yeah. in the tournament was unbelievable. Val, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about what wine, uh, or if you're wondering what wine pairs best with things like mac and cheese or Cheetos, there's an app for that. We'll talk about it. Bet you it leaves a good taste in your mouth. <laughs> I'm just glad we're leaving with a good taste in our mouth. That sounds like something Bob Nutting would say to them. <laughs> this is a stink I don't want to shower off. Guys, go enjoy the taste in your mouth. I'll see you after the break. It is the DVE morning show. The Buckos with that five-game sweep. Seven and one before the break, and uh, this was your uh, walk-off call from Greg Brown yesterday. Line drive towards center, over the head of Kane. This might win it. Josh <laughs> Bell in the second. Runner being waved home. Here comes the throw to the plate. He's going to be safe. The ball gets away. The Pirates walk it off. They've won five against the Brewers. Unbelievable! <laughs> Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain. Enjoy the break. Buckos win it. Enjoy Incredible. the break. The brown gasm. Oh, God bless him. Believe it. No, it, it reminded me of the time that we uh, got to enjoy when it was still root sports and they did the biography of Greg. Mm. You know, Greg, our good friend Greg, who we who we truly do love. He he is awesome. Oh, he's great. Uh, you know, he's been watching just horrible baseball for over two decades. So tonight on Root Sports, you know, before they televise the game, this will be cool. They have a, a quick bio of Greg Brown, stuff you might not have known about Greg, which this will be really interesting. Tonight on Root Sports, Greg Brown, a biography. Learn about Greg's days as a younger teenager learning to love the game. Greg? Greg, what are you doing in there? Uh, I'm watching baseball! Uh, 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 uh. Cannonball coming! <laughs> Clear the deck! How about that? Oh my! But Gregory, you listen to me. The Lord will strike you blind if you keep that up. Greg, you open up this door right now! I am not buying you new sweat socks, Buster! Oh my! Oh, oh, oh! Oh, this is unbelievable! Oh, that's it. I'm breaking down this door! And here comes Mom to the mound to have a talk with her son, and oh my, Ray, Ray Fossey wasn't hit by Pete Rose as hard as you hit that door. Oh, oh. oh Would you look at that? You are watching baseball. It's the most unbelievable game I've ever seen! Oh, oh. Okay, okay, honey, pull up your pants and let's get ready for dinner. <laughs> oh. The Greg Brown Biography, tonight on Root Sports. Oh, yeah, the DB Morning Show Band on the run. Paul McCartney and Wings. And uh, it's amazing that he is as old as he is. He's like my dad's age, and he goes out and just kills it. Sounds exactly yeah. like he did back in the day. It's incredible. He's a vegan, you think, right? Yeah, and my dad's not. He's the opposite. My dad puts gravy on everything. On salad, <laughs> even. Yeah, that's probably not the healthiest thing. No, so that may p play a big role in it. I've been thinking more about that. Just going straight vegan. Ooh, that's I, a tough one. It's I think I would so be tough. I think I would be super fat. I'd overcompensate and eat like every cheese thing, and you can't. Well, no, you can't eat cheese. Oh no, vegetarian, yeah. not ve vegan. Okay, vegetarian. Yeah, vegan's impossible. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. 
They, you must spend all your time thinking about food and what you can eat. Yeah. Scavenging, collecting acorns. Right. Yeah, I guess it could become a fun thing at some point where you're like obsessive about it, obsessive. and If you don't have a job or kids. <laughs> I say that about everything. <laughs> Paying attention to politics and your diet are the two hardest things to do mm-hmm. when you have a job and kids. It's the last thing on your mind. The other well, thing is, too, when, you, when you're vegan... Your food deteriorates so quickly. It does. Yeah. So you have to shop like every two days. Right. That's why you have to do the uh, those co-ops where they like deliver stuff to you. Still, that's only once a week usually. The gotta CSA, stop wearing mean? deodorant. Right. Fuck. What do you mean you got to stop wearing deodorant? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to stop wearing deodorant? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> just it's part of the culture. I just <laughs> think, yeah, if you're going to start shopping at co-ops. <laughs> Live the lifestyle. <laughs> when in France. Hey, dress for the job you want. What do you got coming up? I can't we're, remember. We're going to talk about uh, a new app that tells you what wine to pair with a ton of different kinds of food. And we're going to talk about Steel City Con. And wait do you hear this contest we have. Be, be like Mike. <laughs> oh, my God. This contest is awesome. It's a great one. Uh, and yeah, I think Steeler fans are going to love this. So uh, keep your ears peeled for details on how you could go and live at Steelers training camp for a day like Mike Pursuit. Uh, one last quote here from Neil, Neil Huntington on the Buckers. Remember, he's the one that made the edict. They've got to go better than four and four yeah. for him to reconsider. Well, they went way better than four and four. Uh. They went 7-1. So, Neil, what now? Um, it reminds us that that's what we can be. Uh, unfortunately, we also had a seven-week stretch where we fell to seven games under 500. So, while we've closed ground in the division, we've closed ground in the wild card. We've had a great week against really good teams. Uh, we need to do more, and we need to continue. <laughs> to Randy Bellman and the DVD yeah. Morning Show. You knew he was going to come up with something. A five-game five sweep for the Buckos. Greg Brown losing his mind on the uh, walk-off oh, I love it. call. Line drive towards center. Over the head of Kane. Oh! This might win it. Whoa! Just fell in the second. Runner being waved home. Here comes the throw to the plate. He's going to be safe. The ball gets away. The Pirates walk it off. They've won five against the Brewers. Unbelievable. Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain. Enjoy the break. Buckos win it. Incredible. Josh Bell walks it off. Can you believe it? Happy Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Brown just climbs into a cannon and shoots himself out of it. Sing out to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets blown out of the stadium. Just flies away. In the river. Greg Brown's flying home. <laughs> He's just screaming over the city the whole way. Ah! Enjoy it, Dormont! Enjoy the break! Ah! I love it. It's great. Because it puts all the pressure on nutting now? No, I love his excitement. Oh, you like Sure. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. you know. I wish I could get that. I mean, no. listen, about the throw beat the throw beat him by like a country mile. Yeah. Thank God it was raining and he just dropped it because that, that whole It like dribbled through his hands. That, that whole call would have been for nothing. If that was me doing the play-by-play, it would have been this. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, no, yeah, that was uh, super exciting. They take five. First time in 12 years that a team has had a five-game sweep. 
In the whole major league. In the whole world, Val. Yes. In the universe. So and the, the Brewers were, weren't they like in oh, yeah. first place in the division? We could not beat the Brewers for years. When we were good, we couldn't beat the Brewers. Five in a row. They took five from them. Um, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuit. He'll have your sports coming up at the bottom of the hour. A little World Cup talk for you, too. And we'll tell you about the new contest, Be Like Mike. Be like Mike Pursuta, that is. I love this contest. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> Steeler fans, take note. You're going to want to hear about this. Val has news for you now. What's up? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It. It's 72 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. Papa John's founder is explaining his use of a racial slur during a conference call. <laughs> John. Explaining is always a good. Let, I I dropped what, the end bomb. What had happened was. Let me explain. There is a backstory here. John Schnatter says I'm he racist. was conducting a training exercise when he admittedly used the N word as an example of how not to behave. <laughs> However, at the time everything went public last week, it led to controversy. Uh, controversy that ultimately ended with his resignation. WLKY TV says. Schnatter claims his marketing agency tried to blackmail him for $6 million before leaking the call. Of course, several I mean, uh, teams have cut ties with the company over the recent scandal. And Can you imagine? That would be like having a seminar for sexual harassment and fondling a woman <laughs> that works there. You'd be like, don't ever do this, Hong Kong. <laughs> Tune in Tokyo. <laughs> Uh-oh. Somebody's ticklish. You uh, you guys caught the don't portion of my do's and don'ts. Uh, sorry for that. And Hulk Hogan back in the WWE Hall of Fame after getting kicked out for using the N-word. Oh. Uh, he was reinstated yesterday after a three-year suspension. So there's hope for Papa John. That's a three years for the N-word. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Papa John can get back in in, in a That's few right. years. <laughs> Just, yeah, go for a walk in uh, Sicily. For a few months there, Papa John. He was removed You're only allowed in, to sell breadsticks from now on. Hulk Hogan was removed in 2015, right after he dropped the expletive multiple times in an angry rant about his daughter dating a black man. While he was sleeping with his best friend's wife and caught on camera. Yes. The WWE said in a statement yesterday he issued multiple apologies and completed community service during his suspension, which I'm not sure what that involved, but... He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. Hulk told his daughter he's only she's only allowed to date orange men. <laughs> like her dad. I mean, as long as the junkyard dog signs off on it, I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, there's going to be a problem there. Oh, is he dead? I think he's permanently unavailable. Oh, right? I'm oh. not sure. I think he they might be. They put him down? The junkyard dog? <laughs> yeah, they did. That's sad. Yeah. Um, so three years for the N-word in the WWE. <laughs> so He's back. I mean, blip on the radar for the Hulkster. <laughs> they did that. They're like, eh, yeah. You're going to go in the timeout chair. Three years. They must really need something from him coming I out. I was going to say, they, they. I don't know if ratings are dipping or what's going on, but. Didn't they kind of do the same thing for the Duck Dynasty guy? Like they put him in the uh, the box for a couple oh, weeks. I don't. I don't remember the uncle. What happened with remember? him? Remember? Oh, no, he got. I think he's on the Supreme Court now. <laughs> <laughs> Believable. So, what do you use your phone for the most? Twitter. For most people, it is definitely, definitely. not phone calls, according to Survey Monkey. Uh, people use their phones the most for texting. Eighty-seven percent. 
My battery. You can tell if you go on your battery. Yeah. It'll tell you what you're using mm-hmm. the most of. I guess that doesn't necessarily well, mean... it's what's using the most of battery. your battery. Yeah. But I think it's still Twitter. It zaps more. And there's no question for me it's Twitter. After that, it's emails, uh, the alarm clock, social media, reading blogs and the news, shopping, and listening to music. Yeah. Mm. Almost nothing is uh, with the Making phone. Making phone calls. Yeah, right. I mean, texting... I would so rather text someone than talk to them. No, I get worried when I get a call. There's a few yeah. of my friends, if they call, I'm like, is everything okay? Yeah. Who died? Yeah. My calls are limited to family and girlfriend, and that's it. Like, anybody else is just text, text, text. Mine is limited to my husband and in-laws. Yeah, family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Or, you know, random numbers calling me to... <laughs> do something which then i block that number immediately me too oh, i feel so good to block them right and then you because get... you feel like you sent them into a panic yeah they're like oh well, we what blocked us. <laughs> at least when they try to call you again i don't know what it says you've been blocked like, i don't know yeah there's like four guys standing around a phone in a telemarketing agency like going now what and it takes them like a half an hour before one of them goes change one of the numbers on right the- <laughs> that's exactly what happened so i blocked that one too yeah. i lost one of my uh my credit card my debit cards and i canceled it and then got a new card in the mail and you know how when you do that like sometimes if you have payments and things linked yeah. to that account like they fail or whatever so i guess my Your accounts my busted my gym accounts for my family expired la fitness called me I swear to God, 35 times from every state in the union. I'm getting calls from Indiana, L.A., like, or, you know, California. But do they leave messages? No. That's the thing. They never leave a if message. It's, I figure if it's an important call, they'll leave a message. If not, blocked. I started answering just to yell at them. <laughs> I said, oh, look, guys. I was just at LA Fitness. I upped. The, do you guys talk? Right. Like, what, what is this? Is this a collection? Agency? It's amazing. You got a real person. You're gonna walk out to your car tomorrow. There's gonna be a guy in Lululemon right. stre- <laughs> stretching out there, going, "Oh, hey, Bill. Oh. Just here to talk to you a yeah. little bit before I go your for membership. my morning run." You gonna renew? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on? You might want to renew. He's got like one of those like vice grip things. <laughs> 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 He's got his hair up in a man bun. I'm just going to do a soul cycle real quick. You want to come to class with me? Maybe we can just take care of your card right down there right now and take a little soul cycle class. If you want to impress someone with your knowledge of food and wine, but you don't really have any idea about wine, well, there is Alexa to the rescue. The Alexa Skill Wine Finder app has 500 different types of food and the right wine to go with them. You can even ask Alexa what wine goes with hot dogs. I have a way, way better idea. Just drink it? Well, you can... If this is for, like, buying wine for something you're doing at your house, yeah, you can Google it. Everybody knows that. If you're at a restaurant and you're like, I don't know anything about wine... Ask the sommelier. They, those guys... No, but even if there's not a sommelier on staff, like, this, they, are, they have to take classes. They know all the wines. The people that work there. So if you order a fish and you don't know what kind of wine goes with it, be like, hey, I'm going to ask for your help in pairing uh, a wine with this. And then they get super excited. <laughs> They're My- like, oh, yes, you know what? I have two of them. And then they give you like a little taste test. They're like, which ones do you like better? And then the, the server's having a blast. You get more wine. It's a win-win. 
I just say, give me the sweetest white you got. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whenever it comes in a box, that's from Mama Val. If I there's just... sugar crystals all around yeah. the cap, that's me. Aren't you losing some of the effect when you're trying to pair it with Cheetos, though? Yes. I mean, that's just, you know. That's any What goes wine, best probably. with a Pop-Tart? Well, it depends. What flavor are we talking? Brown sugar? The only thing, I took a wine appreciation class, those CCAC adult, like, community classes. Yeah. The only thing I remember the guy saying is don't let anyone tell you what you should like. Yeah. Like, don't let somebody guilt you into buying a really expensive bottle. Everybody's palate is different. You wouldn't do that with a band. Right. Why would you do it with wine? Well, some people might. That and keep a box of wine in your trunk at all times. Dude, those black boxes. Never know when a party's going to be. Those are out. inexpensive and they're delicious. It's like a party ball with wine. My <laughs> Party balls are awesome. Dad's <laughs> second wife used to keep the Franzia boxes around all the time. Do you remember yeah. those things? Oh, yeah. I mean. I, do they still make them? I think I they think might. I think they do, yeah. Those, oh my God, I was tripping over those things in my house back in, the, in high school. They were. Really? Oh, yeah. That and Marlboro's. <laughs> I remember those in college. Like, oh yeah, a couple of uh, my girlfriend's roommates were like heavy into that. Sure, because it made you feel it's like uh, it's like the scene in the Jerk where he has like uh, uh, fancy wine glasses f- instead of Dixie cups. You know, mm-hmm. he's like sophistication. It's just a dumb, quick trick to all of a sudden you're drinking wine like that. You didn't have to open anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reseal it. It's in a box. There was no drinking in my family growing up. None. We got kegs for baptisms. <laughs> That's not a joke. And even now that both my parents are gone, I still feel weird taking wine to like a holiday. Oh my God. I, it just doesn't feel right. When I was up at my dad's for uh, the 4th of July, I went into the dining room area, which never gets used anymore. Like when mm-hmm. we were kids, you'd have like five dinners a year in that room. Yeah. And... It, it has become the catch-all for when all the kids come to visit through the years. Mm-hmm. And the amount of booze that all of my brothers and sisters think we need <laughs> to be able to <laughs> be, with be each around, each, be each, around other. each other is so funny. I walked in. I was like, oh, my God. It's like a wine cellar in here and just like tons of bottles of Jameson and huge gallons of kettle. I'm like, I got to start taking some of this booze. And it's just because every time someone comes from out of town, they're Bring like, a I got to load up. <laughs> so we're the exact opposite. Well, was there somebody in your family who like maybe hit the sauce a little too yeah, hard? And on they my said, mom's, you know what? We're cutting it all on off. On my mom's side, there were some heavy boozers with probably clinical problems. <laughs> yeah. I think that there was the same kind of situation in my because my neither of my parents really drank either. Yeah. My mom, my mom was mom, like... One drink and you're on your way to becoming an alcoholic. My Literally, she said that to me. Doesn't know how to drink. She doesn't know how to have a, a cocktail like a nice cocktail. She orders a shot of tequila. Yeah, well, that's okay too. You know, like, that <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it is kind of it. It does fit my mom well. I mean, zero yeah. to sixty. In yeah, exactly. Three seconds. Why mess around? We gonna do this or not? Maybe every all my ancestors had the same thing I do with possibly. Drinking. You have a genetic component that does not allow you to oxidize alcohol. So I get drunk really fast and then stay hung hung over forever. Yeah, your hangovers are really what does it for you. Yeah, I can't. They're just too. No, I can't tolerate that. Yeah, I feel bad for you. I do. My too. mom's mother, <laughs> Irish lady, eight kids. Husband died when my mom was two in nineteen forty 
three or whatever. She drank her face off. She was a blast. <laughs> and she had like two jobs, worked her ass oh. off constantly, and like in her seventies would like drink beer and play gin rummy all day. God, and, I wish I could do that. Oh, she and then she she wouldn't get like hammered on, on a Tuesday, but sure, if like but you know there's tip, a family event, back. she'd be like, Oh, we're having beers, good. And then she'd pull out that leather cigarette pack and start dealing cards. That's awesome. Yeah, she's uh, she, it was it's just in our blood. I don't know how to explain it. It's a part of every family function I've ever had. This sounds like the beginning of, <laughs> my name is Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a problem. Uh, Steel City Con. Do we have time to talk about this? Yeah. Steel City Con is back. I don't know why we don't get more into this. All right, right, let's get into 12. it this year because let's the people it. they're getting is insane. It's These are pretty big stars. I know. It's August 10th through the 12th at the Monroeville Convention Center. Uh, John Cusack. I've heard of him. Why is he doing a... I don't know. And Ron Perlman, who was Hellboy and he was in Sons of Anarchy. He was the Beast. Oh, yeah. The original Beast. You know who he is. I know exactly who he is. Outspoken opponent. Him and uh, Cusack. Trump. Um, Yeah, he was a... um, The Beast to Linda Hamilton's beauty. Yes. Yes. Kathleen Turner. And he didn't even wear Overdrive. makeup for that, which I thought was impressive. <laughs> right. Uh, Robert Wagner and Jill St. John, which that's probably for He's the, a murderer. That's for the over 60 crowd. He killed Natalie Wood. Yeah, well, he's making the rounds. Mike Nesmith. Daphne From the Monkees. Yes. Daphne Zaniga. From Spaceballs and yes. The Sure Thing. Shannon oh Elizabeth. Oh, my God. Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. Yes. Chris Kattan. From Chris Kattan. <laughs> the entire Duke family, Bo, Luke, and Daisy, all here. What? Is Boss Hog dead? Sorrel Brook? He's probably dead, right? Probably. The They're co- not doing Mr. Roboto without Boss Hog, are they? No. Because that's offensive. The Cobra Kai. William Zabka. Oh, who Bill, John, Billy. Yeah. Yep. Billy. Uh, Martin Cove, who was the sensei. Oh, that jerk. The yes. jerk. Yeah. And then another guy who Sweep played Tommy. I don't put him in a body bag. That guy. So they're all going to be there, which he's got renewed yeah. celebrity because of the For Cobra sure. Kai series. John Cusack. Tim Matheson. What? Is going to be there. Otter. Animal House. Uh, they're going to have costume contests, trivia contests, Q&A sessions with the stars. Bill. Your movie, Bigfoot the movie? Yeah. Going to be airing. It's not my movie. And you're in that movie. I am in that movie. And are you doing the Q&A session? I haven't been asked. Those sons of bitches. But you know what? I'm in the film <laughs> for a grand total of three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I am the first one killed. You're in, Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, Shannon Elizabeth is only in American Pie that long. So yeah. that is. Uh... I had a similar effect on Bigfoot. I don't want to ruin it, but there was a scene. It's not just his foot that's big. Okay. So that's uh, coming up August 10th through the 12th at the Monroeville Convention Center. We need John to get Cusack is going to be miserable. If he shows, well, I I'll think be. He's just miserable in general. He is miserable. That sucks to hear. I mean, it's not Based like on... he wasn't miserable in every movie he was in in the <laughs> 80s. Right. He was always just forlorn. Uh, I don't know. You mean Lloyd I think Gobbler? It's a, yeah, the sure thing. Yeah, um, one crazy summer. Oh God, one crazy summer, so good. What's the in your eyes movie? Cameron Crow. Uh, with Say anything. Guy. Say anything. Better off. Yeah, dead. that's Lloyd Dobler. 
He was always an like an idealist kind of character. Mm-hmm. But he was always super depressed summer? because somebody just broke up with him. Yeah. yeah. He was always like just he was the guy that gets dumped. Gross Point Blank was a really good movie. I I remember that slightly. That's where he's a hitman, right? Mm-hmm. And what's the one where he owns the record store? Oh, oh. high high fidelity. Yeah. Infidelity. No. High fidelity. What? Yeah, I think it's high fidelity. Not here. infidelity. That would be a that's, play on the that's words. That's the REO Speedwagon album, I think. Oh, yeah. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Jack Black was great in that. I think that's the first movie I saw him yeah, in. Yeah, me too. That was... What's the name of the guy that wrote that? He wrote writes all the books. He wrote oh, uh, yeah. About a Boy. He wrote... Uh, yeah, he wrote the other one. The other one, too. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy. That dude, uh, Ray. No. no. So that's a pretty big lineup <laughs> for Steel City Con. We should get some of those guys on. We would have just had the worst conversation with John Q. Yeah. If that was our, our one What's minute the, with the John thing, Q. What's the you thing did, you do? You with did the, the thing? book. Cool. This is the other, he wrote a lot of stuff. Anyways, how was that? Good? Great. My favorite John Cusack role is 16 Candles, where he plays one of the nerds. I knew that he was in that movie. I didn't want to say it, though. Yeah. They reveal the panties, right? Whenever, mm-hmm. like, they, they charge money to see uh, the girl's panties. And he says, zip up your brong, Bryce. And I'm like, what is brong? I, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, right before they go in there, like, he turns around, Farmer Ted is like, says to him, Anthony Michael Hall says to John Cusack, he's like, zip up your fly, or your brong, Bryce. Hot tub time machine. Great movie. Forgot about that. Nick Hornby is the author. Nick Hornby. I was close. Wow, he's been in a lot of movies I've never seen. You know who I'd want to talk to a lot out of that group? Oh, my God. Aside from I would like to interrogate Robert Wagner, I, it would be Michael <laughs> Nesmith. Really? Oh, my God. His mother you... invented Whiteout. Whiteout. Oh, that sounds like something from Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. We invented Post-its. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, are you si- Come on. Okay. Yeah, that's a lie. I have to tell you about a movie that John Cusack was in that was one of the most disturbing, unsettling movies I've ever seen. The Paper Boy. Serendipity. No. <laughs> The Paperboy, what was that? The Paperboy with uh, Nicole Kidman was in it. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was in it. Zac Efron was in it. What was it about? He's a criminal, and he's in jail, and Nicole Kidman is his his wife, and she, Matthew McConaughey's a lawyer, so she goes to him to try to get John Cusack out of jail. She goes to visit him in jail, and it's it's incredibly disturbing. A fun thing to do for one of these Steel City Cons would be to learn an entire scene from one of the movies these people are in and go in in character and only do the scene <laughs> and demand that they do the lines back to you. How much do I have to pay for that? Just keep putting $10 down <laughs> until they say the lines back to you. Right. Oh, he was like in America's Sing Sweethearts. Sing. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, make more of an effort to, uh, to, to see if we can get some of those people on the, yeah. the show or something like that. God, they got to pay those people a boatload to do that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Pursuita out today, but we're giving you an opportunity to be Pursuita. We'll explain coming up. Tim Benz with your sports. The Buccos five-game sweep of the Brew Crew makes them absolutely lose their mind at PNC Park yesterday. And uh, France is your new World Cup champion. Lev Bell going right down to the wire on whether a long-term contract gets worked out with the Steelers. Full sports report next on the DVE Sports. Yep. Mike Pursuita. Out today, Tim Benz filling in with your sports and plenty of it. Tim. Citizens Bank giving you sports today. Uh, Why don't we start off with, one more time, Greg Brown's walk-off from yesterday. Line drive towards center. Over the head of Kane. This might win it. Josh Bell into second. Runner being waved home. Here comes the throw to the plate. He's going to be safe. The 
Unbelievable! <laughs> Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain! Enjoy the break! Buckos win it! Incredible! Oh, I think the Jolly Roger was raised. Oh, yeah. I think he needed Full a cigarette mass. after that one. <laughs> Jolly oh, Roger can't, can't go up higher than that. No, it cannot. I, I just wonder how long it takes for him to come down after that. I mean, he could be just everywhere he goes the rest of the night. He's talking like that. <laughs> I think he's still in the play-by-play booth at PNC Park right now. Spent, laid out on the ground. That was from AT&T Sportsnet, by yeah, the way, thanks yeah. to them. He's like... Um, uh, Eleven in Stranger Things. Whenever he uses his powers like that, his nose just starts bleeding. <laughs> it takes all his energy from him. I can't do that all the time. So that's how it ended yesterday. As the he's, Pirates go to the All Star break, winners he's still in the eight. booth, just babbling right now, just gibbering. Who's more tired? I feel Clearly like he was cannon deck ball coming. Wait, oh. <laughs> he was more gas than Colin Moran. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, I didn't think Colin Moran was going to make it. I thought Cora oh, was going to beat him down the third mile. baseline. So they do win eight of nine now for the Pirates, seven of eight in the uh, week long stretch where Neil Huntington said they've got to go at least better than four and four. Well, they blew that out of the water. Yeah. And- Isolated only for that play at the plate. It would have been hilarious if he would have got thrown out. Because like just what happens from what, there? What do you do with that call? Yeah. You just mustered it all the way up. <laughs> and a play at the plate, and he's... Oh, he's out. Oh, he's out. He's out. That's, that's... Do you believe in me? Oh, go, Russia. I guess. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. Game over. Well. They'd still be playing right now. In pirate fashion, if he doesn't score there, if the ball doesn't go through Kratz's legs, they would still be playing right now. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Four rain delays later. The best part, though, is before the game, Neil Huntington moves the goalposts, right. as you knew he would. As we played last hour, he just, oh, well, we got to keep winning now. Yeah. Uh, now we got to keep doing it. Oh, and before the game, Austin Meadows got sent down. Would you like to hear that explanation? Uh-huh. Uh, for an extended period of time, we were able to go with a four-outfielder rotation. It allowed Corey Dickerson to catch his breath, and, and because he'd played more than he'd played in a long time, uh, it allowed us to continue to give Starling a breather here and there. It allowed his side to get healthy, and it allowed Gregory Bronco, Blanco a chance to get his feet back on the ground performance-wise. Um, we had talked from the beginning, Austin wasn't a fourth outfielder, and it was not in his best interest or our best interest to serve as a fourth outfielder. So once the rotation stopped, because those three started to really produce again, uh, it became time to try to get him out. And if they trade Corey Dickerson, he'll be up in five seconds thereafter. Mm-hmm. Dickerson did homer yesterday. In fact, he was the only guy that got a hit until they mounted their comeback in the eighth. Hit a two-run homer. Pirates ended up uh, winning 7-6 to six in large part thanks to an effort from mm. Joe Musgrove that got them deep into the game before having to go to a bullpen that they were trying to save. Intensity's, you know, heightened a little bit. The, you know, the stress you're putting on your body and on your on your mind is is heightened in a series like this. And, and we talked about going into it, you know, let's try and, let's try and take five from them right here and, and go into the break on a good note. A lot of people upset that Tanner Anderson got into the game with the game on the line for a team that was allegedly trying to make its way back up the standings. It was kind of treated like, ah, just throw the kid from Harvard out there and see what he's got. Because, again, it was probably going to be easier for them from a PR standpoint if they would have dropped it. Right, exactly. They're, they're in that Cleveland Indians range. I've heard you guys make the analogy before to the pulling of the clothes off of the Indians owner in Major League. It's no very question. much... like 
Huntington couldn't even muster up the enthusiasm to feign excitement over it yesterday. No. He's like, oh, well, it might be easier if we go one and nine. Somewhere along the way was a comment that he made. What you have to take into account there is that I didn't think they'd do this. <laughs> and That's basically, yeah. I've, I've wanted to sell for a while here. <laughs> he almost put the house on Zillow preemptively. <laughs> Uh, here is Mike Tomlin talking about the big football news of the day, and that is whether or not Le'Veon Bell is going to be back as a Pittsburgh Steeler on a regular contract as opposed to the franchise tag. Oh, wait a minute. No, this is him last year saying exactly the same thing that he was quoted as saying this year in that WAVY television clip that we played last hour. I found the original from last year. See if this sounds familiar. You know, I'm optimistic. As you say, the, the deadline is Monday. You know, he may even be in camp with a long-term deal. We'll see how the, the weekend unfolds. Uh, I don't have direct involvement in some of those things, but obviously I'm watching with keen interest. Well, that didn't happen last year. Who's keen interest? Wow. Is that a, a guy we got in a supplemental draft? I think we traded him away. Keen interest. He's yeah, supplemental running back from Mount Union College that decided to come out. Uh, so he said exactly the same thing to exactly the same reporter at exactly the same event this year. So there's nothing that leads me to believe that there's going to be much of a change here unless all of a sudden Bell has played this out until like literally he's going to say at 3.30 or something like that. Okay, we took this as far as we can. I'll take 12.5 over five years or 13 over five years and we'll call it even. Can't they do something like can't they initiate some of that tricky math that they do where they wrap up the extra money like the discrepancy between what they're willing to come up to what he wants and do some kind of signing bonus or something see i would think that it would be all about the guaranteed money and what they front load it with that he knows that he's going to get it but he has put yeah. such an ego stroke on being either 17 million like ab or now 14.5 which is the franchise tag over the length of the contract or a round number at like 80 million he has put these AAV or total projections out there is a big thing for himself, and they don't matter. What matters is the guaranteed money, and with half of it, more than half of it, front loaded in the original deal, I would have thought that would have been enough, but not to him, I guess. Uh, we also talked about France winning the World Cup, four to two, the final score. They beat Croatia despite a major goaltending gaffe along the way from Hugo Loris, who was this close to turning himself into the soccer Jean Vandeville yes. to keep the French theme going. Did you see some of the GIFs and videos on the internet? The little kid trying to punt the rugby ball that fell on his ass? <laughs> yeah. it was oh, that's funny. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, the internet just had a field day with that, but France goes on to win anyway. Uh, one sad note from over the weekend. Did you see about Ray Emery, the hockey goaltender? Very sad. He drowned in Lake Ontario. So it was like 6.30 oh. in the morning. I'm guessing that was an all-nighter. Uh, that would be my guess. Not to get up early and go for a swim. Yeah, um, and they found his body a couple hours later. I actually think he was reported missing like way early in the morning, like 2 or 3 in the morning. It was found at like 6-something, oh, okay. I believe. Um, but he had been missing. They called him in, called in his body at like 6 in the morning, somewhere on the lake Total side. Total Terrible. Um, and he had been a goalie, won the cup with Chicago, played with Ottawa, played with the Ducks, played with the uh, Flyers for a while. Yeah, too. I was going to say. He was known as like a fighting goaltender. Remember he got into a bunch of fights? As a goaltender? I vaguely remember that aspect, but sad story nonetheless. He must have hit his head or something. Yeah, I, I don't know the circumstances surrounding that. Um, what we talked about before, too, one other note, tennis, uh, Novak Djokovic wins Wimbledon again. Did you see the like, big, was it seven-hour match or something like that yeah. over the weekend? It was Isner again. That's the second time he's been in one of those. If Like a marathon five set, I think it was 17-16 or something like that, and the final set was unbelievable. 
And then uh, I think the World Cup kind of overshadowed Wimbledon for me this year. I didn't really pay too much attention to Wimbledon. No, I didn't pay much attention at all. But um, you know what's crazy about tennis, and I guess I guess golf is like this too. But like after you play this intensely competitive match, you just kind of sit and talk about it. And both people are there, and it's kind of could be real uncomfortable. It is the longest award ever at the end when they have all the speeches on center court and everything like that, and the loser has to what? stand there. Spin. Yeah. I don't know. The Dude. World Cup uh, did a pretty good job of stringing that out, even though it was oh, pouring true. rain. It was great at first. It's pouring rain, and Putin is the only guy with an umbrella. <laughs> that's the only one in the country. The only oh, person metaphor. who got an umbrella. Everybody else is getting rained on. <laughs> At sports. All right, when we come back, we'll tell you how you can be like Mike. Steeler fans, this contest is for you. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show, along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter. We got uh, our buddy Joe Bartnick is hanging in studio with us Joey this morning. <laughs> All the way from, uh, via via New York, via Los Angeles. Via, you're like uh, you're like Tri-City now. You're not bi-coastal. You just are America. <laughs> <laughs> I am everywhere in America. Yeah. I will say that. You're going to be back here in Pittsburgh, though, in the fall. Yeah, well, yes, uh, the week after Thanksgiving, December 1st, two shows, the Club Cafe, happy to announce it's going to be awesome. Nice. Oh, that's cool. great, So those dude. tickets are on sale now? Right now. I got the links on my Twitter page and my Facebook page, and if I can yell at my wife, that'll be on my homepage. <laughs> Clubcafelive.com yes. uh, is where you can get tickets for okay, that Okay, that's well. even better. They're even go. better. Clubcafelive.com. Um, we have a new contest. Pursuit is not here today, but this this contest is all about him. It's called Be Like Mike. Now, we're giving listeners a chance <laughs> to be like Mike Pursuta. And here's how. We're giving you a day at Steelers training camp. Tremendous. Like Mike would do it. That's right. One lucky winner and guest will be able to follow Mike all over Steelers training camp. How cool is this? I think this is a great idea, by the way. I want to point that out. It's awesome. Awesome. You get two sideline passes for the Pittsburgh Steelers afternoon practice on Wednesday, August 1st, 2018 at St. Vincent College in La Trobe. A $100 Pittsburgh Steelers Pro Shop gift card. Gotta have that. Get the swag. You get $50 gift certificate at Sharky's or Dino's. Location still be determined, apparently. It's a TBD on where you're going to be throwing down some beers and eating wings. And you'll be in the audience for the Mike Pursuit of Training Camp show on Wednesday night. You get to stay at the hotel... The night of August 1st, we're going to be there because mm-hmm. we're we going out and staying there. overnight and doing the show the next morning. We haven't done that in a long time. I know. But Bill, Bill really wanted to have a, a team sleepover, so we're <laughs> going to do it. Team building activity. Now, Thank the, you guys so much for The hotel room you're finally. going to stay in will be made up to look like Mike Prasuda's room at camp. His dorm room. Yes. You'll have wardrobe for you. Cargo shorts, a Steelers golf shirt, a Michigan State baseball hat, yes, a USA hockey jersey. There'll be a Bruce Springsteen poster on the wall. There'll be a super gross coffee cup that you, that you can use as a tobacco spittoon. There'll be now. an American flag on the wall, and you'll have a big sleeve of Copenhagen. Beautiful. You get to sit in with us on the morning show the next day as we interview Steelers players and coaches, and you get two tickets to the Steelers-Tennessee Titans preseason game on Saturday, August 25th at 4 p.m. It's the Be Like Mike contest. You go to dve.com and register right now. It's it's underway. We've uh, begun registering people now, so just go to dve.com on the contest page. Deadline to enter is Thursday, July 26th, and uh, we'll let you know who the winner is the next day. It's that simple. 
And if I were you, if you're thinking about entering this contest, you, you might want to brush up on the boss in World War II just so you have plenty to talk to Mike about if you win. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is out for the next few days. Tim Benz will be filling in. Why are you looking at me like that? No, just does he know he's doing this? <laughs> oh, the cost t- contest? Yeah. He's way into it, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, but... well, maybe he, maybe that'll offend him if we say we're going to dress people up like him. And he's like, no, this is great, which kind of concerned me, to be honest with you. He's like, wait a minute. What do I dress like? <laughs> I've been trying to get an army of people. <laughs> trying to start this cult. Nobody uh, wants to join. Be the first cult member. Be like Mike. Go to DV.com and get signed up today. I think this is a great idea. Everything but the awesome Copenhagen. Contest. Yeah, I, I can't chew, man. I you know all my friends chewed growing up. One of my friends is still a prolific chewer. I can't. I could never get down with it. Copenhagen's like the last level. Like at school, everything else is just like candy. Copenhagen's mm. like you get the spins for a week. <laughs> oh man, I know. Like those those pouches that they used to sell. I don't know that people still do those, do they? Yeah, I see them oh, on the, the ground. The self-contained pouches. Yeah, those are slightly less gross. Than my buddy who spits in every empty can or whatever creates the mm. grossest thing that my friends would do was when they make a spittoon out of like a plastic cup or something and they put like napkins in it and it just ah. like, and just sit there and spit in it and we're at a sporting event I'm like that's just you're just collecting your spit right now you animal <laughs> and then there are those who swallow it oh what. Ooh. Joe knows. He knows what I'm talking about. You got a buddy that swallows this, the the chew? Oh yeah, grew up in Westmoreland County. Yeah, Ugh. you're a Greensburg guy, right? I am. So I'm sure you knew a few cats out there who were like they never. It's like my aunt that He's never like exhaled my paw, my paw her, her merits. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get a pl- plenty of chance to get mouth cancer in the Be Like Mike <laughs> competition that we have going on right now. Contest rather. TV.com. It would be great if it was a competition. If we had everybody had to dress up like Mike and then like run around trying to get interviews, <laughs> wearing shoes that weren't like you know appropriate, and Springsteen karaoke. <laughs> oh, That's that got to be a round. Who has the best World War II joke? <laughs> oh yeah, that would score big points. We definitely points. could have a contest. Uh, well, for Michigan sure. State like trivia. It's. USA hockey trivia. <laughs> Definitely. Can you name all 25 members of the 1980 US hockey team? Not at all. I could uh I could probably get like 8 or 9 deep. Yeah, that's, that's about, about it. That's about it. Uh the World Cup settled yesterday. France won 4 to 2. Joe, did you watch the uh the game? Watched the whole game with my father. It was the first full whole hockey uh jeez, soccer game he's watched his entire life, he said. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Wow. It did was. He, did uh, he it was, like it? He liked. He liked how it kept going. How it was quick. <laughs> the yeah, clock never stopped. A lot of stoppages. He's like, he's like, there's guys dying on the field, and they're just keep the clock rolling. I'm like, yeah, it'll be over in two hours. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part about it. Absolutely. It's it like mo- you know, it's not going to spend all day. Like I think all this weekend, I watched more tennis than I have in my whole life. My mom's a, watches tennis constantly. Mm-hmm. These guys played forever. Mm-hmm. Two guys, <laughs> the same two guys. One guy was six ten, one guy was six nine. Like they couldn't beat each other. It was like watching the computer, like the palm. <laughs> Just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, you can't go drink at that, you know. Now we're gonna have some beers and watch the tennis game. 
Oh, and like the princess was there. She looked so bored. The prince was there. They're like, oh my God, when, when can we leave? It looked like me if I was sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was with you Saturday night. We were at the uh, Deutschtown Music Festival. Uh, 369 bands over the course of two days. And what a great time that was, man. I it, it, Every time I come back to the city, it gets more incredible. It's like an explosion of music. Mm-hmm. Where When I was a kid, like one band came to town, like Journey's in town <laughs> in three weeks. And that was it. Meanwhile, right. that night... There was major music happening all over town, including the Joan Jett Sticks show that was out. And Tesla. Yeah. And Tesla out at... They all sounded great. Keybank, you were there, Val, right? Yeah. I'm very pissed. They did Mr. Roboto. They did. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they do Mr. Roboto without Dennis I thought that was just a, a, a one-time, yeah. Again, the thing about Sticks, they kicked Dennis DeYoung out of the band three times. <laughs> Because because <laughs> nobody wants to be in sticks that's in sticks. They love the idea of being in a huge band. They just hated that they were in sticks. And they thought, well, if we kick the guy out who writes all the cheesy songs, we can do we'll what we rock. really want to do. But the thing is, people love that guy's songs. Not Mr. Come Roboto. Sail away. Not Come Sail Away. Come Sail Away. The Grand Illusion. But Roboto was a hit. Lady, huge hit. Mr. Roboto was a huge hit, and I forgot that. Yeah. It was a number one song. It was a big deal. Yes. But that's when someone could just make a number one song. Like, yeah. hey, we're going to play this on every station, and you're going to have to listen to it. That is true. And it, it was the 80s. I mean, wasn't like Pac-Man Fever a number one song? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it was a number one song. <laughs> it may have charted, but yeah, no, it existed. But they're, they're doing Mr. Roboto now, just sticking it right in Dennis DeYoung's face, which normally he probably wouldn't mind. But now... <laughs> he's, he's got light sensitivity. Oh, He's just so damn upset about it. Well, that is the passive-aggressive rock musician way to do things. Like, Page and Plant played No Quarter, John Paul Jones, the song he wrote, and they didn't invite him on the tour. Uh, you, I, you know what? I was talking to um, um, Jim Donovan about that this past weekend because he toured with them when he was with Rusted Root for a long time with Page and Plant when they went out without John Paul Jones. And we were talking about how John Paul Jones got the shaft on that one. And when they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the first thing John Paul Jones said, I'm just glad they remembered my number. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad Ooh. they called me for this one. Oh, a little dagger. By the way, congrats on Friday night, man. Oh, that, that was a good time. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I played Mr. Roboto with Jim Donovan <laughs> and the Sun King Warriors. <laughs> now, we'll tell you about that. We had a big weekend here in the Berg. Val's got news uh, coming up next. We're going to talk about, um, our, it's a tragic story. Did you hear about the leopard that broke out of the zoo? Yes. Yes. He Crazy. went full leopard. I mean, I mean it's he was, tragic for the emus. Right. But we'll talk about it in case people haven't heard about it. Okay. drive towards center. Over the head of Kane. Oh! This might win it. Whoa! Just Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain. Enjoy the break. Can you believe it? Happy Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Greg Brown just climbs into a cannon and shoots himself out of it. (laughs) Sing out to the (laughs) bridge! <laughs> he just gets blown out of the stadium. Just flies away. Greg Brown's flying home. <laughs> He's just screaming over the city the whole night. 
Enjoy it, Dormont! Enjoy the break! <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I'm fairly sure I blew out my vocal cords, dude. <laughs> he lands in the Dormont pool, just screaming underwater. <laughs> he just comes out like the... Like, Swamp thing. Like the Phantom of the Lagoon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How what does he that, do it? mommy? Huh? I don't know how he does it. Well, those I, things don't happen very often. So <laughs> Imitating <laughs> Greg Brown has blown out my throat this morning. Uh, Joe Bartnick's hanging out with us live in the uh, studio. What a great weekend it was in Pittsburgh, not just because the Buckos swept the Brew Crew with a five-game sweep. First time it's been done in the majors in 12 years. Uh, but there was a lot going on. Friday night, I had an opportunity to sit in with Jim Donovan and the Sun King Warriors at South Park. That was a blast. Uh, and it was packed out there, and I met a ton of DB listeners in a show that they dedicated to the memory of our uh, co-worker, Mike Steele. Which, so that was a really nice, special moment. I thought that was super classy that they did that. Yeah, and I was uh, I was honored to be a part of that. Um, you were great. That's nice of you to say. I appreciate it. Sweet keyboards. Uh, that's nice of you to say. That band's killer, man. Those guys, mm-hmm. the percussion they is rock. so amazing yeah. in that mm-hmm. band. And then and the Hawkeyes uh, opened up, and they're they're an incredible band right now. I mean, they really got it firing on all cylinders. How about that drum solo that preceded you getting up on stage? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, look, yeah. Rusted Root. They went off. Had, yeah, Jim was big part of what made them an international success, you know? And so he's carried that through with his songwriting and performing with as a front man. Most of the time for Jim Donovan and the Sun King Warriors. They're great, and those dudes were all super cool. Saturday, Deutschtown Music Festival, 369 bands. How many did you guys see? I got down there. I, Josie, you met me halfway through. Yeah, I like, got I like, get there late, and I still saw like eight bands. Right. The Starship Mantis, you said, yeah. out in the park. Incredible funk. Yeah, they're ridiculous. They funk it up. They're so good. I started off, uh, I saw a show... Uh, at James Street, I don't know who the band was. I cannot remember. They were really good though, and it was like the uh, Pittsburgh Winery was running the uh, sales mm-hmm. at James Street. So it was great. They had Straub beer and they had Pittsburgh Winery wine. Beautiful, nice. you know, rosé and a Straub and start your day. And then uh, I went out and saw Lo-Fi Delphi on the main stage, and then I went over to the Skyline stage, which is where you saw Starship Mantis, which is a badass stage. Absolutely. Like, I really hope the city starts using that because mm-hmm. it is so cool to sit on that lawn and they have this really cool, like, I don't even know what you call it, like a courtyard? I don't know. It's like the cement area. Like, it's like a cement mezzanine built into the natural sort of amphitheater. And there's people like hanging up on that, you know, mm-hmm. 15 feet above everybody on the ground. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, and it sounded great there, too. Uh, and then I saw Weird Paul. Well, no, that first, then I saw Grand Piano, who's so badass. Oh, I love those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went and saw Weird Paul at the Elks. I waited about 15 minutes to get in. The line was was you formidable. know formidable, and uh, he, Weird Paul delivered. That show was so fu- I had so much fun at that show. I'm pissed I missed. Why that. hasn't he been in the coffee house? We I don't gotta know, he can never get... do it. He's like busy. I've told him he should do it. His I showed these guys Bada videos. Macaroni. I like what a meal. The song, what a meal, what a meal, a whole bowl of cereal, what a meal. Uh, and his keyboard player has a guitar that he made because he. Uh, they said he couldn't afford a guitar. He's got a, like a broom stick and then like 
a piece of wood so it looks like a big sugar daddy and he strapped like a keyboard to the front of it so he can have his own that's tremendous yeah and then he keeps it in a shopping cart on stage they were super fun and that guy can clean up the stage after the show is done yeah exactly bottles and cans yeah right uh and then (laughs) he does all the recyclables uh and then uh you know we we went out to the uh, main stage i think we saw andre costello and the cool miners, and they, I mean, that was, there had to be 2,000, 3,000 people there nice. for that show. Tremendous. Uh, went over to Hoosars late night and then down to a uh, closed bar that was like a pop-up, opened up an unannounced show. Clinton Clegg and members of the Common Heart did a Charles Bradley tribute. And Joe, you were there with me. It was, I was telling Bill, it, there was two rooms to that bar. There was like the bar room and then you walked through it into the band room. The bar room was 100 degrees easy mm. the band room had to be a buck ten Ooh. straight sweat lodge everybody that came out of that room looked like they just rode the log jammer <laughs> <laughs> for real it was soaking wet people Ugh. just drenched like, is there a fountain in there it kind of added to no. the fun though like at that point in the night you didn't care mm-hmm. you were just so been sweating all day yes i'd have been in there sweating that show was fire though it was and, so and good i feel like i like was 10 years younger because i was that close to something that that many people wanted to risk cardiac arrest <laughs> and dehydrate dehydrate i mean it was Didn't you that think someone could have like died in there yeah <laughs> like, and, fallen and, over. and they would just find out now right yeah. <laughs> it was, it so, was hot. so hot randy's camera didn't work it didn't it wouldn't like take a picture wow. like it couldn't the air was so thick with like like moisture it was just it was uh. like a sauna it was crazy well i guess saunas are dry but you know what i mean like yeah like a steam, steam room, room. greenhouse yeah. yeah it was i mean straight gross and you were just like rubbing up against people who were sweaty and every time like you'd hug somebody like you'd pat their back even if you're giving them like a bro hug it'd be like <laughs> you know <laughs> just sweat like squish there's a loud slap you're just ordering cans of beer just to put on your neck Oh, yeah, that's, somebody did that at one point to me, and I was like, oh, my God, that feels so good. And you're, like, rubbing cold beers on your neck. Now, you guys were heckling me on Friday because I was saying that I'm going to try to come out to South Park. I'm going to try to come down to Deutschtown, and I'm going to, you know. You made South Park. And I did make South Park, and then I had full plans. My daughters had such a great time at South Park. They were like, can we go to another festival? Because I was like, there's a whole other festival tomorrow. It was so hot. So hot. That Serena was like, there's no way you're taking these <laughs> kids down there. I'm not doing that. Go by yourself. Like, thinking she was giving mm-hmm. me a break. And I was like, I don't think you understand. That's a bad idea for me. Like, if I go down there, you I'm, been not, with us. I'm not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Although, Joe hit the brakes. She downshifted a little. You, you had Did a, you? you had I, think this, I think this was my first weekend with Randy in about eight, two years that I wasn't drinking at 6 a.m. Well, that's what I assumed. He was like, Bartnick's coming down. And then you told told me a couple of your other buddies that were going to be there. And I was like, ooh, that's going to be a late, late night, early morning. Yeah, you have to make a conscious decision to get out of that. You have to jump off the ride at some point. Well, I, I got- can't do that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was 2 a.m. It was time yeah, to- too bad. We, we closed it out at YMR. We went, saw, the, saw the band uh, Rat uh, Teats. I can't say their real name, but yeah. And they were playing metal. They were they were great. 
Those guys are crushing it, too. Oh, man, they were so good. Every band was just crushing it. There wasn't one band that was like, ugh. No, the whole... It's just such a fun event, and hopefully... Did you uh, make it out to Mouse Turds? I did not. Did not. (laughs) No, I I mostly... if You know, the one regret was there were so many acts that I wanted to see. And a lot of times I'm like, all right, where are they playing? I don't know where that is. Mm -hmm. Where is that? Yeah. But I don't... I don't know how they could... They spelled out everything for you. All the addresses were there. I tried to, like chart a course before we went so we knew we're going here we're going there we're going there we're going there and we kind of stuck to it i mean other than the uh hidden show or uh Mm -hmm. i didn't know anyone i was going to see so it was really fun for me that's kind of what makes other festivals not so much fun for me because i feel like well i'm watching a band i want to see there's another band i want to see i'm not going to see and if you're always in this in between it's like i'm too old for Mm -hmm. that i want to go see one band Play for two hours and their opening act do like the last three songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a great evening for me. Parkhouse had great bands too. Locks and Dams, killer, killer group, and uh, also Pennsylvania Dirt was there, and that place was jammed. It was pretty hot. Zamir had the uh, grills on and he was cooking because people wanted food, and it was a hundred plus degrees in there. It was just that festival's so big. I feel like it's a total discovery for t- for me too, Joe. Like I feel like everywhere I go, I'm seeing a band I've never seen. You know what was really cool, too, was a lot of these venues are just old Northside places. So they yeah. just had like 80-year-old women who are used to making just like three Jack Daniels at night, <laughs> <laughs> getting their heads blown off with great music and just making all these drinks and That's beating all these young kids. It's like all these cultural cha- differences. It was really yeah. Fun. There's a couple places that you go into where they're clearly not used to like going, I need four Cheetos and sodas. I need three Bud Lights. And then I need two Jaegers. And they're like... Hold on, hon. Jeez Louise. <laughs> my uh, my neighbor, Dave DiCello, went down to take some photos, and he was like, the people watching down there was absolutely amazing. And from what I saw in the news, I, I'm really upset that I didn't get there. It was down great. There. And uh, congrats to the coordinators, and uh, congrats to uh, to Hugh and Cody and, and Ben for doing such a great job, and all the bands. And everyone on the north side, they had that place. Uh, I took a picture of Forland, where the main stage was, mm-hmm. at 153. When I was heading home, AM, and it was already cleaned up. Wow. Yeah, and they had a crew the next morning, because the north side is all about, like, community. They take care of the north side. They had a cleanup crew, volunteer. They had bagels, coffee, croissants, and everything for people to go out and help clean up. Nice. So it was like like they were never there at 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, which is a testament to the great work that they always do to keep the north side clean. You went to that killer concert with Joan Jett Sticks. Uh, Tesla, and Tesla were, how was Tesla they were great I bet they really were it was yeah. like all hits yeah I thought man I forgot how many good songs and hits these guys, mm-hmm. guys had and they have all but one original member oh, really wow. yep mm-hmm. and Joan Jett's just a killer still great awesome she, and she looks great looks she's great. badass yep Sticks <sighs> was, it was just a, it was a great show I was like wow that was a really really good show how long did it last uh, it's Tesla went on at seven, and I think Sticks was done just before eleven. And were they bashing Dennis DeYoung at all? No, I didn't hear that. How was Lady? I missed that one. I don't even know if they did that. I saw it on the set list. Did they? Did they play yeah, Steeler highlights on the big screen? No. <laughs> no. They they didn't bring out a terrible towel. They just totally what? glossed over it. I want to remind everybody that those bastards in Sticks. Yes, remind people. Have spit in our face. 
by playing before the Predators game. Was Renegade. Like, what was it? They played Renegade. What, yeah, like game it four or something like that last year? It wasn't like they played Blue Collar Man or something. They played Renegade when the Penguins were playing them in the finals. I mean, it's like, they're like Trump right now. They're like, oh, you can't touch us. <laughs> we're going to do whatever we want. We're sticks. We own you with Renegade. You can't. What are you going to do? Kick us out? We own you with Renegade. <laughs> Our hands are tied here. Yeah, w- w- they really are. What, are we going to stop playing Renegade? I mean, I... Oh, maybe we need to find a new anthem. I think we demand they put Dennis DeYoung back in the band or we drop them. <laughs> they ca- they can't find another song because the begin- the opening of that song with the highlights, the way that they yeah, play it... it's pretty good. There's a heartbeat to it. I know, but I always picture that beginning part where Tommy's singing it and it sounds so cool, like ominous. And then the scream that gets everybody excited. I always picture Riverboat Gambler Dennis DeYoung <laughs> popping up with his perm <laughs> and a huge, like, permed mustache. Wearing and, all mesh. And doing that scream. Yeah! You know, with really, yeah! really tight pants. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's suspenders. It's just, it doesn't make me think of James Harrison. <laughs> and then you yesterday took a bunch of winners to Kennywood. Oh, it was so awesome. There's, you know, it's the best day of the summer. Kennywood Day. You guys cut the line. And we we went and rode all the rides and um and it was tremendous. And then we we get back to the pavilion. I had my whole family meet us there because it was my sister's birthday. So all the listeners ah, happy birthday care. Got to sing my sister happy birthday. Oh, that's great. And then uh all my kids and everybody just got there. We had a, a nice meal and then it absolutely poured for like an hour and a half and they closed the park and we didn't get to ride a single ride after that. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But you got all the rides so guess, in. Yeah, I the, rode all the rides, yeah. yes. My daughters, not so much. Aw. <laughs> well. Sorry, sweetheart, but look at it this way. I got to ride <laughs> everything is, that you've ever wanted to ride. still open. Oh, yeah. Yes. And no, I'm going back. Actually, I'm going to Kennywood again on Thursday because they're doing the major uh, reveal slash announcement of the log jammer area. That's the new and ride. They're going to tell everybody what the new ride's going to be. Cool. And I'm super pumped for that. You're going out for a press reveal yes. party. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm judge away. Listen, I'm not judging. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'll be wearing a fanny pack as well. Oh, I wore a fanny pack yesterday to the Vintage Grand Prix, and I am not ashamed. You weren't alone either, I you bet. You shouldn't be. I'm like, I am not carrying a purse around in this heat. What was the pack per fanny ratio out there? I bet it was uh, pretty high. I didn't notice. I didn't really notice. That, sh- that, that looked awesome yesterday, that, but again, the yeah, that heat was a good event. in the first part of the day was was pretty serious. Did you ride? Did you drive a car this year? No, you've no. done that in the past, though, haven't you? Mm, uh, I did like a road race. They did like local, like media people. Yeah, and it, there was a road race. It was all timed. Okay, I did. She that was one on the, the um, Franklin float. She's the Shirley Muldowney of Pittsburgh, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Applefest. I would totally love to do that. Drag race? No, not drag race. Just any kind of racing. But Dude. not not drag racing. Mike, I, I Mike used... Lang can hook you up out at Smithton. We can get you out there. Yeah, yeah. You could be heart like a wheel. You're our Shirley Muldowney. <laughs> Me and Bonnie Bedelia. <laughs> yeah, dude. Make it happen. Me and you are probably the only people who know that movie. <laughs> probably. Anthony Edwards played her kid in that movie. Oh my god. He had hair because he was a so, kid. So like yesterday, so we do the thing at Kennywood. Kids are bummed. They don't. They didn't get to ride the ride. So 
on our way home, we're like, you know what? Let's stop off at Dave and Buster's. They're like freaking out. They're so happy. I'm like, listen, I'm putting 20 bucks on a card for each of you. When it's done, we're done. It's over. Fair. And we we belly up to the bar because, you know, mommy and daddy need an adult beverage. Right. And as soon as we belly up to the bar, I ordered two drinks. Sarita's like, we got to get out of here right now. There's two dudes next to us who's like, listen, all I'm saying is she say you touched up on her. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. There's like oh, a God. fight we gotta, happening. There's a hashtag Me Too moment happening right next to us right when we got there. I'm like, this. what is happening right now? I'm like, we got to get out of here. That's not usually what I think of Dave and Buster's. No. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Usually. No. Uh-uh. But it is a bar. Dave and Busted for that guy. <laughs> he was being confronted. At the moment, there was tons going on this weekend, man. It was a there was a lot. It was a lot of fun, and was there was a band playing in the one room. I didn't go see them. I don't know who. Deutschland has really expanded. Yeah, they really have. <laughs> the David Buster stage. Uh, we're going to take a break. Tim Ben's coming in with a full sports report for you. Five game sweep for the Buckos doesn't really matter as far as Neil Huntington's concerned. He uh, he, he kind of hedged on his earlier comments. And uh, France wins the World Cup. Lev Bell. The deadline looms for him to, to uh, sign a long term contract. Will it happen? Sports next. Friends. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit out today. Tim Benz filling in with your, with your sports report on DVE. Benzie. Lots to get to. We'll start off with the football news of the day, which is waiting to see what's going to happen with Lev Bell. Uh, the franchise tag hits Bell at 4 o'clock if the Steelers can't come up with something between now and then to pacify his outlandish contract requests. Uh, he's made it up to as far as $17 million, according to some reports, when it comes to a per-year average annual value, which is ludicrous. That's what he wants, not what he's been offered. That's what Correct. he's wrapped, right? And that's, you know, you well, can't Well, I think he wrapped $15 million. Yeah. $17 million, apparently, is what the NFL.com's Aditi Kinkabwala said he wanted because it's what AB got. Well, that doesn't make any sense then, Insanity. unless he's remixed it and we haven't heard it. <laughs> which is entirely possible. Now he's hanging out with Wiz. He probably has people who can do stuff like that. But uh, it looks like 4 o'clock will be the deadline, and the Steelers will likely walk away with a $12.5 million, sorry, $14.5 million tagged franchise running back unless they can come up with a long-term deal. Uh, Mike Tomlin uh, asked if the Steelers can win the Super Bowl by WAVY television down in his hometown area of uh, Newport News. Do you believe this team has what it takes to win the Super Bowl? You know, I always feel that way. Um, you know, I'll get evidence of that as we get into the team development process and training camp and so forth. But I feel great about the collection of men uh, that we have and their growth and development through the early stages of, of, of team building. OTAs and mini camps and things um, this past spring uh, have been really exciting and, and upbeat. Now, he was down there for the football camp that he always puts on, and he was asked along the course of the interview if he's optimistic that something can get done with Bell, and he said that he was, but he said exactly the same thing to the same reporter at the same location last year, and nothing happened. So uh, don't hold your breath on a new contract for Lev Bell. As for the Pirates, we're having some fun with Greg Brown and his play-by-play call earlier. Did you see the story that was in the Trib over the weekend that he has become the losingest play-by-play announcer in Major League Baseball. Oh, that's Aww. a hilarious... <laughs> no one has Ugh. lost more games as a play-by-play announcer Aww. than Greg Brown. So you can understand why he got as excited as he did yesterday for the play-by-play <laughs> call of the Josh Bell game-winning hit over the head of center fielder Lorenzo Cain. Drives in the 
Not so fleet of foot Colin Moran, who was almost beaten down the third baseline by his own third base coach. The ball gets through the legs of Eric Kratz. Joe, almost like a bad goaltender there, leaving the five hole open. Yeah, I, I, he would have been dead if the guy caught the ball. I, he no. could have slid through Eric Kratz's legs. That's how open it was, especially on the mud that had become the batter's box. Uh, Clint Hurdle on the Pirates' victory and their hot play of late. They won seven of eight games after Neil Huntington said they got to do better than four and four this week. That's how you get results, though, staying with things, staying through things, believing in yourself or one another regardless of certain situations that are out of your control. You stay focused in the moment. These guys threw up some really good at-bats. Now, Huntington was uh, pressed about what's going to happen from here after whether or not uh, he put the edict that was going to stay on the team moving forward towards the trade deadline. Now that they played so well, does it readjust? Here's what Huntington had to say. We are built around young players. We're built around guys that uh, have the ability to be here uh, beyond this year. So that, that's a good thing. We want to win this year. We want to win next year. And um, we'll continue to look to, to do what we believe to be the right thing for this organization. In other words, I'm keeping the young, cheap guys. That's the core. Now, these veterans who still have $48 million remaining on their contracts between now and when they expire, they're out. <laughs> that's how I interpreted that. Is there any other way to look at it? You know, it wasn't like they were playing for their lives here. I mean, the plan was already set in motion right. long ago. This idea that, like, well, we have to win everything. I mean, there's no way he we're going to do that. He just backed himself in a corner. Yeah, he just, you know, tactically screwed himself a little bit by saying that. But it wasn't like any of this was going to affect their decision-making. I just wanted them to keep winning, as they did, to just turn the screw a little bit more, just to make it a little more difficult to justify dumping everybody just and not the grass building just on what they have right. right now. But, like, you know, if I had to be the person to make the call, I wouldn't. Right. Business-wise, correct. But it does, it makes it more fun but for they're, us. Because they're such liars. Well, they did it's, the same thing. It's fun thing. to see them exposed and not even be able to lie good about this stuff. <laughs> isn't, just, isn't this the newest iteration of the, you know, if you want us to, to spend more money, then you got to come to the ballpark and you got to come out. And, then, and, and where he's really gotten himself in trouble here is, remember, this is the same guy who presented this team as being last year's Minnesota Twins, who were only a couple games over 500. Right. They got to the playoffs with 85 wins, and now if they go to a sell-off where they're only within a couple games of 500, then did you really believe your own BS in the first place? Obviously, no, you did not. Uh, some other news. World Cup, France wins 4-2 to final over Croatia. A couple of Penguins notes here, Joe, for you for the hockey podcast. Yes. NHL.com uh, did a list of the top 10 breakout fantasy players this year. Jake Gensel, number two on the list. Provorov is number one, the defenseman from the Flyers. But Really? After- Provorov is the head of the even head like of- the guys in Winnipeg? Yeah. Yeah. So they got Gensel as number two because they feel like finally this is the year where his playoff performance right. equates to regular season. He had 48 points last year. He's never going to get any first-team power play time. That's the issue for him. Hopefully not. Hopefully everybody stay healthy. Right, because everybody else is going to have to – somebody's going to have to get hurt if he gets in the first-team right. power play. Also, uh, Marion Hosa got his contract moved after you guys went off the air on Friday. That actually could screw the Penguins if you think about it. If uh, This is the second time Hosa could screw the Penguins on a contract because they moved it in Chicago, in large part people think because they might want to get Patchy ready, who the Penguins apparently also covet as well. So now it might be an easier way for him to go somewhere else. And uh, one last note on the Le'Veon Bell situation I forgot to bring up before. Did anybody see WWE last night here in Pittsburgh? In the background, there was a sign. sign. Someone held up a sign sign. as one of the wrestlers was walking on. Pay Le'Veon. 
So that's how mainstream it has gotten now that the WWE is even I like that. trying I to angle for uh, Le'Veon Bell to get his money. I'm sure Kevin Colbert called Art Rooney last night and said, now we have to. Did you see this? Maybe some sign. of the WWE will pick up the contract. Apparently, uh, Cam Hayward and uh, LT Walton were in the vicinity. I'm not going to say that they were the ones holding the uh, sign. I don't think Cam was holding it up. But no, but they were in the vicinity. Could be wrong. Thank, so, uh, thanks, Tim. That's sports. Val, what do you got coming up? Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk about that zoo story that I didn't get to and another Lyme disease you should be wary of. Oh, come on. Well, it's a different one, but we'll talk about it. Be like Mike contest. We're giving you a day to be Mike Pursuta at Steelers training camp. That's right. You get two sideline passes for the Steelers afternoon practice. You get a $100 gift card for the Steelers Pro Shop. $50 gift certificate for Sharkies or Dinos. You'll be in the audience for the Mike Pursuta training camp show Wednesday, August 1st. You get a hotel uh, on that night, and your hotel room will be made to look up like Mike's do- made up like Mike's dorm room. So Mike's underwear will be all over the floor. It's awesome. Yeah, there'll be cargo shorts. Uh, you'll have Mike's clothes. <laughs> Got cargo have a, shorts. Sweat stained Minnesota Twins old school cap with the TC. I think we're going Michigan State baseball hat. Uh-huh. Going a Sparty hat. You get a Steelers golf shirt. A USA hockey jersey if uh, if if it's a little cool. Uh, there'll be a Springsteen poster on the wall, an American flag, and a coffee cup that's uh, used as a tobacco spittoon. <laughs> Glorious. All in your room there. Wintergreen, right? Uh, is that what he... Yeah. I believe, yeah. Uh, also, you get to sit in with the morning show the next morning and watch us as we interview Steelers players and coaches, and you get two tickets to the Steelers-Titans preseason game Saturday, August 25th. It's an awesome prize package. If you want to be like Mike, it's our Be Like Mike contest at dve.com. Sign up now. Register. The deadline is Thursday the 26th, and uh, we're uh, underway with registration so log on and uh fill out all the pertinent information and you fun might be the one who gets to be like mike out of steelers training it is the dve morning show randy bauman along with val porter bill crawford tim benz filling in for mike pursuit of this morning and joe bartnick is uh, live in studio joe announcing his comedy shows coming up in december at club cafe on the first and second or the for just the first i'm sorry first uh, two shows two shows on the first and you can get your tickets for that at clubcafelive.com. Simple. Here's the Greg Brown call from uh, yesterday's Bucko win. Line drive towards center. Over the head of Kane. This might win it. Josh Bell into second. Runner being waved home. Here comes the throw to the plate. He's going to be safe. The ball gets away. The Pirates walk it off. They've won five against the Brewers. Unbelievable. Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain. Enjoy the break. But goes with it. Incredible. Josh Bell walks it off. Stop Can stabbing Greg Brown. Believe it. I mean, he was on fire with that W yesterday. He just busts into stream of consciousness in mid-call there. It's raining. We're at the break. <laughs> Enjoy it. See you later. Steve Blast was kind of the same way on the radio side, too. I heard the radio call, too. And Blast I want to hear that. Blast was equivalent to that. Good. They had an ice cream eating contest. Steve Blass and um, Bob Walk. It was great. It was like watching Man versus Food. <laughs> <laughs> dueling brain freeze going on there. They were just Funny, going after it. That's usually what happens with Marte and Polanco. It's dueling brain freeze. 
<laughs> oh, it was so great! I turned my dad on to Man vs. Food. He never watched it before this weekend. Oh yeah, it was like it was like he learned. He saw a new sport. He's like, I could do that. <laughs> exactly. I do that all the time with that show. If I've been somewhere yeah. that he's been, like Gibson's or uh, uh, Columbus, uh, the the Wagon Wheel Burger, Thurman's. Oh yes, I'm like I cannot do that. When well, I thought about it, I cannot do that. The the new guy's growing on me. At first, watching the meat was kind of making me sick to my stomach. The, he's bad like a, trait in a guy who has a food show, right? But now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm used to it. Well, they they went from the Adam Richmond guy mm-hmm. who was cool. Uh, he but, put on so much weight between like seasons one and three. Oh yeah, he gained like nine chins. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that eating Sasquatch burgers on a Tuesday isn't great for you. Well, what's amazing is they eat like before that. He's in the city eating other places before he even. It's on man versus food. Like he's not starving himself for three days. Like no. he's just continually eating. Who's the guy now? Who's the new guy? Uh, his name's Casey. He's a chubby redheaded guy. But the first episode I watched, I'm like, eh, I don't know what this guy eat. But now I'm like, I'm into him, and he's it's great. And he's, so weird. He's won a couple. Yeah, because it takes a special type of person to want to watch them eat. Like uh, everybody loved Bourdain, of course. Andrew Zimmern. Everybody seems to be fine with him. Ah, uh, are they? I don't know. He's eating weird stuff. Yeah, his the stuff that he eats. I'm like, oh god, what is like that? More adventurous. Ox hoof. Right. Um, but now there's another show where Phil is it Rosenthal, the former executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. He has a show called Feed Phil. It's on Netflix. Oh. And I don't like the idea that somebody who is a billionaire has a show where he goes around and eats free food. That show should be about Castle eating hot dogs in every city he travels to. No, they need to like Feed Phil. They need to send some I want to see a show where somebody like my dad goes to all of these restaurants all over the world and he just hates everything and just wants the same thing he always eats. <laughs> Call it send it back. Yeah, he goes, mm, "No. I just want a cheeseburger everywhere we go." Mm, no. Cheeseburger. I'm hung, I'm hung up with the idea of uh, Phil Kessel versus Joey Chestnut. In the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. He'd probably come up way short because those guys are just mutant athletes. Yeah, like, they're, they're on another, they're on another they're, level. They're, I don't understand it. Like, the the fat people, like, there's a couple obese people, and they get smoked. Because they're enjoying it for the flavor. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> putting it, it's, Savoring what? everybody. Yeah, there's no relish? Come on, I want relish. How do you enjoy wet bread for a hot dog bun? There's nothing in the world that gives me the heebie-jeebies more than wet bread, and they're dunking the bread and shoving it down their mm. gullet while they're eating. Yeah, it's just it's, disgusting. It's very strange. There's nothing like creepier than watching Joey Chestnut just double barrel ski pole a bunch of hot dogs and just <laughs> could Kessel bring this. Benito with him he could just assist him the hot dogs just feed him the hot dogs see I don't see Kessel as being a guy that eats a lot of hot dogs I just think I he eats know, them he often down. Yeah, some big ones with chili just gets into it Savers, yeah man. he goes at him and plus, he would not like taking a backseat to anybody. It's like he has to eat with Joey Chestnut or he's not going <laughs> to. He's not going to do it at all. He's going to have a terrible attitude. Um, he's going to be hurt the last couple yeah. hot dogs, but still hang in there. He got indigestion. Right. Sullivan tried to sit him down. He said, I'm not sitting. I got a consecutive hot dog streak I got to maintain here. An Iron Man streak. It's keeping it cool between him and the store owner of wherever they are. I was thinking about that, though, in those countries where, you know, there's hunger. <laughs> and I'm certainly not the first person to say it, but the idea that like we oh we have so much food we 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 have games yes. we competitive yeah we we have games I got your hunger games right here no, we make games out of the food 
throw it There's away. There's a whole village just huddled around a bag of rice watching Joey Chestnut. But honestly, on a slightly serious note, that's what makes 412 Food Rescue so great, Val. Yes. It's a great organization. They do awesome work, and they redistribute feud, feud, food all over town. There's a documentary that I watched a few years ago. I think it's called Just Eat It. Yeah. And these people lived for a year on food that was either thrown in dumpsters or grocery stores were pulling it off the shelves because it was expired. Have you ever had food in your fridge, known that you had to eat it in one or two days, like it was going to go bad, and you're just like, I don't want to eat that. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I am so privileged in my position in life that I don't have to eat that right now, so I don't want to eat that. Everybody has. It's the, and you're, I'm going to go pay for a meal. Yes. <laughs> I already had that one twice. That's yeah, enough. 412 Food Rescue does great work. Yeah. I'm not at that point. No? When I see stuff in my fridge, like, I'm going to eat it. That's yeah. just wasting food. <laughs> yeah, yeah I really am. Like, I'm like, ah, that's going to go bad tomorrow. You're going to eat it? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm not going to waste food. If it's, like, substantial, like a lasagna or chicken or something right. like that, I'll eat it. But when, like... The spinach is about to go. I'm like, it looks like it's just going to go. Oh, spinach is spinach. I'm, lasagna, I'm going to eat. Yeah. Although I've definitely <laughs> eaten things that I really like that probably should have been thrown out. You are for sure that person. Yes. I like, am not. Oh, I really like that. I still want to eat it. <laughs> my dad will talk about my mom. He's like, you know, your mom, when she makes spaghetti, she doesn't know how to make it for anything less than a banquet hall. <laughs> So she makes a vat of this thing, and we have you know a bowl each, and then it goes down into the freezer in the in the basement. Yeah, and it just sits there until it grows green hair. Well, so my my dad has post it notes on everything in his freezer, except they've all fallen off and they're just scattered all over the freezer right now. So it's like a complete crapshoot. Like, is this kielbasa from nineteen eighty five, or are we good on this? Because there's a couple of post its down here. I found like the fourth cup of a Chobani yogurt the other day that was frighteningly backdated. Like I was wondering which month of which year it was. Is this 2018 or 2017 we're Ooh. looking at here? I ordered a coffee yesterday to like it, it, to go eat like lunch, and I wanted a coffee with it. And she brought me a side of cream, and it had a floater in it, like a piece uh, of cottage cheese, mm-hmm. just sitting there. And I was like, "What? Hey, not for nothing, but what is that?" And she's like, "Oh." You know what? Maybe it's bad. I'm like, let's not chance it. <laughs> That's a curd. Let's just, yeah, you take the cottage cheese back there, and uh, I'm going to go get a, a gallon of Turner's. She's like, I'm willing to gamble. Why don't you go ahead and put it in <laughs> She's like, oh, that could have, that looks like it's it's turning. Let me know. <laughs> so I shot. don't serve it to anybody else. She puts her finger and spins it around a little bit. Yeah, it broke it up. That's nah, fine. Taste that. Let me know. That's like when you do the thing at a picnic or so like, oh, this is terrible. Try this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. You know, you spend that an could a- be a show. This is terrible. Try this. If uh, life were perfect and there weren't things like bills or dental care, of course, you'd spend all your money to treat yourself. But as it stands now, we are still carving out a decent amount of cash for that very important purpose. A new study says, guess how much you will spend in your lifetime oh. on things like, ah, I don't need to go out for food right now, but I will. Or, oh, I don't need this thing to pamper myself in one way or another. In a lifetime? In your lifetime. $10,000. More. Oh, way more. So much more, you're not even... Six figures. In the ballpark. About, into the six figures. Yes. Deep. $300,000. Well, is this like, uh, oh, I'm online. Oh, that Reese's 
peanut butter cup looks yeah. good. I'm going to eat that. Everything like that. Okay. According to a new study, you'll spend an average of $143,000 in your lifetime to treat yourself, which is a phrase I can't stand from a great show. Uh, here's how that breaks down. We spend an average of $199 every month on things that aren't essential at all in our lives, but that we really want. That can be anything from a candy bar to a new iPhone, concert tickets, or a trip. So they're including vacations in this. Yeah, that's not a necessity. $2,388 a year. And over approximately 60 years of adult life, that comes comes out to $143,280. The study also found stereotypically that women are three times more likely than men to spend money on massages and spa treatments. Oh, I'm bringing oh, yeah. that average down for or up for the guys. Um, men are more likely to spend money on cars and new technology. I definitely buy computer stuff. But I don't buy I'm not a cars guy. That is one thing like I've told my husband. I don't shop, I don't go buy expensive purses or shoes or jewelry, but I love massages. Yeah. Well, there you go. They make you feel so good. And renovation. I think you are a big fan. <laughs> no, of I'm not. How don't you have a TV show? <laughs> no. This old house with Val or something like your version of that. Yeah. Except it's I don't know. your house. You should just put GoPros in your mobile home right now <laughs> and chronicle your life with Tim and your two dogs. Yeah, like living the Hayes on, Bald Eagle. Li- li- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, a Valcam. <laughs> Again, a lot of drinking and crying. A lot of tra- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. It's the title of the show. You could be Tim Allen and Tim could be Pamela Anderson, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Tool time. <laughs> Tool time. Hey, yo. Hey, you can be like Mike. <laughs> Be like Mike. Pursue it or nothing. It's 75 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. A British cave diver says he hasn't ruled out legal action against billionaire Elon Musk after the SpaceX CEO insulted him on Twitter. Vernon Unsworth helped rescue that Thai soccer team from that cave. Uh, Musk brought in a mini-sub to the scene to help, but they didn't use it. Uh, The diver had said the sub was impractical and nothing more than a PR stunt. Musk responded by defending his sub and calling Unsworth suspicious and a pedophile. Yeah, that's quite a uh, response. When somebody says uh, your idea is dumb and it doesn't work, and you go, "Well, you're a pedophile." Why that else must would have been you the live only, in Thailand? Well, the only reason that you were in Thailand, pedo fella, and swimming in underground caves to save kids. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only reason you want to get to those kids is you're a pedo. I'm an inventor. I'm important. Hopefully, he's Chris Hansen is trapped in there with those kids. He's he comes up with a scuba mask. Why don't you have a scuba right here? <laughs> Um, now, why did you have a six-pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade with you? <laughs> you can't justify that. He's such a weird... He's like Lex Luthor right now. Yeah, he's Elon a different Musk. guy. He's, he has a little too much money. He's going to be evil very soon. How does he have a mini sub laying around? He, he, just he ready for this. It. He just, he's got like rocket parts everywhere and stuff and time he's, machine he uh, He's kind of like a real-life Tony Stark. Like, he just has all these... Only inv- not like, as cool. Not yeah, as likable. Not, not anywhere yeah. near as cool or likable. He's like his own NASA, because I did a show for their company when they launched their rocket into space. Did you really? Yes. How cool was that? Uh, they weren't the coolest people. No? <laughs> you well, mean a bunch of rocket nerds aren't hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had a good... I mean, they were just so strung out from like being up for 24 hours to oh, launch bad. it, and then they're just, you know, hey, open bar... For nine to fivers, that's just a free for all. 
And then, hey, here's some comedy. Oh, my God. You had to follow that? I had to follow a rocket launch and <laughs> free Tito's and soda <laughs> for five hours. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was, they, they, they were nice people. But I just re- that's how I knew who he was. Was they they told me the company and I'm like, oh, that's like NASA. Like, yeah, we are better than NASA. I'm like, okay. Keep <laughs> <laughs> okay, down. Okay. Okay. Calm down. Uh, this is a, an awful story. Officials with the Audubon Zoo in New Orleans say a three-year-old jaguar escaped its habitat and killed six other animals on Saturday. That's what it does, though. The jaguar, yeah. Jaguar, ex- uh, escaped shortly after 7 a.m. before the zoo was open to the public, killed four alpaca, an emu, and a fox in about an hour. I'm impressed it got the fox. You'd have thought that fox would have, you know, outfoxed it, but it didn't. Yeah. The alpacas ha- never had a chance. <laughs> I mean, that was the a alpaca pack saw that thing coming. They just looked at each other, and one of them's like, "I always loved you." Bam! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Can can you spit on it? Try to spit at it. I have no just idea. Blink your long eyelashes at him. <laughs> he just does that um, joke. He's like, you know, only one of us has to outrun this jaguar. <laughs> no, he's going to kill both of us. All right, fine. The zoo staff were eventually able to sedate and secure the jaguar. They say the roof of the habitat was compromised, which allowed it to escape. They didn't kill the jaguar, did they? I they better not. did not see any reports about that. You can't kill a jaguar for being a jaguar. He's a jaguar. That's what they do. They hunt and kill animals. Yes. There's also relax those animals, too. They're like, they're in the zoo just chilling. Like, nothing's ever going to happen to us. This guy's, yeah. taking, this guy's feeding no. us. All the yeah. praise has been taunting chill. him forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just like whenever the NBA players went to the stands. The guy's been talking crap all season. <laughs> like, they're not going to come up here. They're never going to the stands. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the meta world piece of yeah. Jaguars is out. Oh, who's, who's making fun of me now, huh, Fox? Uh, the Jaguar, our test, got out and mauled several of the zoo's animals. It is New Orleans, though, so they'll have a nice second-line parade for all of those animals. <laughs> well, here's a Lyme disease you've probably never heard of. Apparently, squeezing limes into your beer in the hot summer sun can lead to an itchy, painful, blistering rash called phytophotodermatitis, or Lyme disease, L-I-M-E, it happens when sunlight hits skin that has come into contact with lime juice. You can uh, still enjoy a nice cold Corona in the hot sun. Just make sure you squeeze it into your beer while you're inside and wash your hands after. What about lemons? I mean, am I safe with lemons? Can I just... I there's know. no lemon disease, is there? Might be. Do you hear that story about the guy, uh, the landscaper in Virginia, who rubbed up against some... Is, it oh, is this the hogweed? Hogweed. Which I thought looks like um, Queen hog? Anne's lace. I don't oh, know, yeah. but I'm glad I didn't I smoke no it because this stuff, when it touches the top layer of your skin, well, not that it gets under the bottom, but it will burn it right off. Ooh. It'll burn your... So this guy, it hit his face. Did he know what it was? No. He's just not. digging around? Mm-mm. Yeah. So it hit him on the face and the arm, I guess. And when he first noticed his skin hurting, he thought he had just gotten a sunburn. But his parents were like, no, man, that's worse than a sunburn. Took him to the hospital. Top layer of his skin on the left side of his face basically was gone and appeared to be like a really bad burn that had already peeled. He had second and third degree burns all over his face and arms from the hogweed sap. He told uh, uh, doctors when he first got in the shower after landscaping, big chunks of skin were falling oh off his God. face. Yeah. 
That's from a hogweed plant. I never heard of this thing. Never. I never did either. Yeah, and apparently the recovery from it is a super long process. Like, oh, I would, yeah, if your skin's falling off. They, t- they told him his face could be sensitive to light for up to two years. Maybe that's what happened to Dennis DeYoung when he got light sensitivity. <laughs> mm-hmm. He had a hogweed in his face. Whoa. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you should write a musical about that. Hogweed! So anyways, don't uh, squeeze watch, limes. Watch the uh, landscaping. And don't uh, get a hogweed on your face. Got to worry about the poison ivy. Oh, yeah. The sumac. That's why Val wore a hazmat suit to, Heck like, yeah. you went, like, clearing out brush in your yard and put on the Walter White. Yeah, well, there's a lot of poison ivy. My neighbor got it bad. He was helping me pull vines out of my yard. I felt so bad. But you didn't get it. No. So you're not sensitive to it. Well, I, also I was wearing pants. Oh, that helps. And he it got stuck on his shoe, like on the tongue of his shoe. Mm-hmm. And he always pulls his shoes up, and it was just all up the front of his leg, like just te- it looks terrible. And then if it ends up on your leg, like how long before it makes its way up into your junk? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, twenty right. minutes. Exactly. The bubbles. The bubbles are the worst. Oh. The blisters. It's like you feel like there's a bubble in your skin and you just want to rip it off, but you can't touch it. But you end up touching it anyway. It's just the worst. (sighs) But that hogweed sounds scary. Hogweed, man. How can we have never heard about this ever before today? Well, that's the part I don't get. Yeah, why aren't we being warned about this stuff? I don't know. It's like the killer bees. Right. Uh, maybe Dennis Rodman should stick to basketball and avoid celebrity roast for a while. The Hollywood Reporter says former NBA star Rodman was booed Saturday night while speaking at the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis. He reportedly struggled during his time on the dais, screwed up his lines. Uh, he was booed loudly when he made a reference to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who he's pals with. Uh, While teasing Willis about his movie role choices, Rodman said, you keep making these bomb movies like Kim, but at least he's smart enough not to release his. Other roasters at Saturday's event in Hollywood included uh, Bruce's former Moonlighting co-star Sybil Shepard, Martha Stewart, and his ex-wife Demi Moore, who, according to TMZ, had one of the best lines of the night. She said, I look at our marriage like the sixth sense. You were dead the whole time. Uh, The show airs July 29th on Comedy Central. And finally, to make their perfect lives even more perfect, Kate Upton and Justin Verlander are having a baby. Nice. 26-year-old Sports Illustrated model posted a picture on Instagram yesterday where she revealed the pregnancy in the caption. It read, hashtag pregnant in Miami, and also tagged her husband, uh, who is Houston uh, pitcher for the Astros. Uh, she is currently in Florida for Miami Swim Week. First time I'm worried about a baby overdosing on milk because there <laughs> is there's going to be a lot of it available. He's foolish, foolish. Yeah, don't get her pregnant until she's like 35. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ruin a good thing? <laughs> How old is she? I don't know. I thought you said she's 27. 27? Oh, yeah, 26. Sorry. 26. Yeah, so she's, yeah well, done, not she's even sure. 10 more years of being married to her in prime condition. <laughs> How is she only 26? <laughs> I don't know. She's been around since she was like 19, probably. But she's still in like new condition. Verlander has, uh, he just totally became a different person. When he started dating her, he was just like, he, he's on straight caveman mode. 
Oh, yeah. I remember for a while, he completely fell off a cliff. Like, he couldn't pitch. And I was like, yeah. I mean, why even play baseball anymore? I know. No, it was worth it. It was a totally fair trade, if you ask me. Warm and humid showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Upper 80s for the high is 76 at DVE. Well, everyone in town was trying to find a place to watch uh, the World Cup yesterday. Bars were packed and the places that were hosting them down on the south side. I know Piper's was packed. Harp and Fiddle was packed. Bingham uh, for me. Oh, yeah. Bingham was Up probably Washington. jammed. Uh, Steve Davis from ESPN, ESPN Soccer Today uh, podcast host. Uh, also, uh, he's a uh, radio and television host down in Dallas. Joining us right now. Steve, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay, guys, but you guys, uh, I'm listening to your news, and you're talking about Dennis Rodman and Sybil Shepard. I, I, if I know we we're going to be talking about 80s and 90s stuff, I'd put on my acid wash jeans and wore a Motley Crue wig or something. Yeah, you'd fit right in in Pittsburgh, then. You could walk around here, and you'd be incognito, man. You would not stick out at all in that gear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Bruce, good, man. the Bruce Willis roast, I mean, that brought out all the 80s stars. I was surprised to see Sybil Shepard at that thing, actually. I hadn't seen her in public in a long time. I, I hadn't thought of the name in a long time. You're yeah, right. Right. Well, uh, this past weekend, of course, uh, yesterday, the World Cup final was... I'm not sure what the television ratings ended up being for that, but I was actually... Uh, I guess surprise is the wrong word, but it was nice to see how much attention was uh, being paid to the World Cup, despite the fact that the U.S. team wasn't even playing this year, Steve. I tried to tell people before the World Cup, guys, that, uh, it, look, obviously the, the, the Fox ratings were going to be down from what uh, ESPN had uh, four years ago in Brazil, but I tried to tell people it's not going to be the, the TV ratings disaster that you think it is. It's, it's in a part of the, uh, the sports calendar in the United States where there's not a whole lot else going on. There's only baseball. Uh, Americans like a big event. They like uh, you know to feel like a bigger part of the kind of the bigger world, so mm-hmm. everybody kind of gets into the World Cup. What the, what the TV ratings were always going to miss was, were those three or four big bumps uh, from the from the U.S. games? Uh, so so that you don't get. And the, the TV ratings were down. Uh, I haven't seen figures after the last after the last uh, few matches, but about uh, somewhere between thirty thirty five percent, I believe. So down, but uh, but still relatively strong. Yeah. Now yesterday's final. I mean, I was in a bar full of people rooting for Croatia, and I was so too, I. just because of their you know their, their unlikely trek to get there with those was it three in a row at 120 minutes they played that's correct so they, essentially they had paid played an extra match three 30 minute periods equal 90 oh. minutes so yeah an extra match so was it exhaustion or systematic there uh, that france was able to win yesterday uh yes <laughs> yeah, both. So I think what happened, uh, they, they were the better team yesterday in the way that we talk about teams being you know, this collection of uh, complementary parts and team accord and things like that. They really were the better team. They had the better system. They were really first to all the second balls, you know, the loose balls. Uh, they're better in all the little individual battles, right? Mm-hmm. France had better. France had better players. They just had. It's like anything else in sports. It's. It really. It often comes down to difference makers. And France had more of them. France is a, a fabulous collection of talent, and they were a good team as well. I don't mean to suggest that. I'm saying in the team concept, Croatia was better. France just had better players and better. Uh, uh, better. More difference makers, and they took their chances better. And that. And all that stuff counts too. To draw a Dallas sports analogy, is Hugo Loris the Leon Led of soccer now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, 
Uh, yeah, well, I guess so because uh, yeah, yeah, I'm having to go back in my files now because I'm so soccer centric. But yes, uh, on a winning on a day that his team won, right, he yeah. did something that you could then make fun of and not and not in a tragic way, right? Right. But he's he's a fabulous goalkeeper. I, I tweeted out during the match yesterday. I I I want my pick back for my goalkeeper of the tournament because I picked Hugo Lloris. <laughs> uh, where I was, people just looked at that play, and there was a there was no reaction because people weren't sure what they saw when he kicked the ball right off the other guy's shins and into the net. Yeah, it was uh, Mario Mandzukic, uh, but but to me that that encap- encapsulated that that game. Croatia, well, the way they made their way through the tournament was by fabulous focus. Every as I said a while ago, every loose ball they're competing for it. Um, every time there there might be a loose ball, they're stepping in front of their man so they get better position. So just that level of concentration, which by the way is a, a grind, as you you know you grind and grind and grind and keep the level of concentration uh, through the tournament. I think that kind of wore down eventually. Um, but that's what they that's the level of concentration they had to have. Well. That's what Hugo Lloris lost at that moment. You know, his team's up three goals. He's looking at the clock thinking, okay, well, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. We're going to be the World Cup champions. He lost a little concentration. And, and that, to me, kind of encapsulated everything. While, while Croatia is still chasing every ball and running down all the little loose ends and making something happen out of nothing like that, uh, they just didn't have enough of those moments. Going into this tournament, you know, the big names that even sort of the uh, – uh, uh, you know, tangential sort of fan knew like Ronaldo and Messi. There were the, those kinds of big names that sort of supersede the sport. But was sure. there a bit of a passing of the torch with Mbappe there, youngest kid to score since Pele uh, in the World yeah. Cup? Yeah, I think so. And you, you, uh, World Cup uh, soccer people talk about the big three. Uh, the two you just mentioned, plus uh, there's Neymar, Ronaldo, and Messi. And uh, yeah, I think that it did have a little bit of that feel. Now, Kylian Mbappe is a 19, uh, 19-year-old uh, young man, and he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. But uh, you know, as you guys know, this is no different than any other sport. We've seen you know fabulously talented 19-year-olds, but then you get you know the wrong people in your ear, or you get into the wrong situation with your club. And we know it can it can go one of two different ways. He can keep moving up. Uh, you know what LeBron James said at 19. He, we we all knew that he was going to be could be something special, and he kept his head bottom and he kept moving the right way. It, it can go the other way too. Injuries can also happen. Then you start trying to now you're an athlete trying to overcome an injury, and uh, maybe that derails you a little bit. So uh, I'm, I'm saying let's don't, let's don't crown him Pele just yet. But he certainly has the ability to be that kind of player. Was the Subasic uh, flat-footed moment as bad as it looked? Uh, no, which moment was that? The the uh, was it Pogba? Was that the guy who scored on yeah. that? Where uh, the Croatian goalkeeper just like appeared to be leaning the wrong way and got flat-footed and then just fell backwards like a statue. <laughs> yeah, what what happens in that moment is that that's a shot that he just sees too late. Um, that, that so Pogba takes a shot with his right foot, it bounces right back to him, and he takes a shot with his left foot. At that at that moment, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of traffic, and uh, what it looked to me like it, it, it's just a goalkeeper seeing the ball a little too late. And then you can do you can do what sometimes soccer people call a courtesy dive. You know, kind of dive for the ball, even though you know it's yeah. right behind you. But by the time he saw that ball, it, it, it was through him. And sometimes as a goalkeeper, what you're doing is you, you're, you're on your toes, you're on your toes, you're on your toes. And as that happens, he's just kind of leaning back. And it, basically, it's him just kind of conceding and kind of falling over, saying, okay, well, I, there's nothing I can do about that. How much of a blemish is left for the U.S. men's uh, national team? 
after this World Cup for not qualifying this year. I mean, initially, people were really pissed about it. And then I heard less and less people talking about it as the tournament went on. Did they maybe sort of escape one because true soccer fans were really entertained by this despite not having any national bend uh, uh, to, uh, to root for? It's, it's funny, I was, I'm kind of laughing here because you said initially U.S. soccer fans were a little pissed about it. Uh-uh. Oh, they're pissed off. They've been pissed off for a long time now. And, and, and they were through the tournament, but I think what you, what you had during the tournament was, uh, them having, uh, well, yeah, us, you know, I'm, I'm a big soccer supporter, U.S. soccer supporter, uh, having had, uh, what, seven months to process? You know, the, the, the sadness was, and the, and the initial piss off in this was seven months ago when they failed to qualify, when they went right. down to Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, so, so having had all that time to process it, now you get into the World Cup and you kind of have another little mini round of the sads because you're, you know, well, the United States should be there. Why aren't they there? Kind of a second round of introspection and, and questioning. And But, you know, by the time you're into the tournament, you're just kind of a, a soccer supporter. And, and by the way, everybody just ready for today. Today you kind of officially hit the reset button, and in soccer circles you talk about World Cup cycles. It's a four-year thing, you know, starting with qualifying and going into the World Cup. So everybody kind of hits the reset button today, and I think everybody's a little bit over being sad and mad and just ready to move on with guys like Christian Pulisic, uh, who you guys should certainly know about because right. he's from your home state, and uh, just he's just ready to get on with it and, and just start trying to uh, start a qualifying cycle and just do it better this time. Good deal. Steve Davis from ESPN. Hey, thanks so much for your time this morning. We greatly appreciate it. You guys have a great week. ESPN Soccer's Today host Steve Davis for you this morning on the DV Morning Show. I had a blast watching all of the games, but as the you know importance ramped up as you got into the semifinals, I mean, they were like must-see TV. You know, he used the phrase piss-offedness there. Yeah. My piss-offedness was at FIFA for the no pretty girls on TV edict being handed down. Did you have Yeah, that was kind of strange. That was really weird. Yeah. Like, it wasn't Girls Gone Wild Moscow. You know, they weren't drunk and flashing. Which I've seen, the, it, and it was, that, that is tremendous. It was yeah. less than the SEC on CBS. Exactly. Like, you see more, you saw more on the sidelines of one cutaway of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders than you did the first four weeks, of the world, four games of the World Cup. It was nothing. It was just, yeah. they were good looking girls. So what? To be fair, you know, Brent Musburger in those SEC games was getting kind of lewd. Yes, he Like, was. by the end, he was basically just, oh, yeah. <laughs> There is a lot of talent in the oh, SEC, too. Oh, Nelly, as my friend Keith Jackson would say. Oh. She's going to cover the like, over uh, Yeah. Brent, there was an interception. Shut up. Camera one. Go back to. <laughs> oh, my God. But these girls are I just I need to get colors. a little more of that image in the bank before we move on, fellas. <laughs> Hold on. I'm almost there. But Catherine Webb is a star because of that. She is. No it, question. Mrs. McCarran. It's funny how creepy blogs have made chicks like that and Allison Stokey or whatever her name was. Uh, the one that uh, got, yeah, the Brett Favre situation. She was the cowgirl at Florida State. No, that was Jen Sturger. Jen Sturger, mm-hmm. that's yeah, it. Yeah, this, I'm talking about uh, the pole vaulter chick. Who, oh, yeah, right. She married, her. what, Ricky Fowler, I think? I don't know. Uh, at any rate, quick break. We're going to come back. A little more sports, a little less World Cup since so we just covered it there with Steve. But the, the Buccos, five-game sweep of the Brew Crew. The first time in 12 years that's been done in the major leagues. Impressive. They needed to do it in order to meet some sort of imaginary 
criteria to keep the team together as issued by uh, Neil Huntington a week or so ago. Uh, only it doesn't matter, and we always knew it didn't. It's just fun <laughs> that they actually went 7-1 and one when he goes, well, it's not like we can go 4-4 four and four and keep the guys together here. So they go 7-1, and one, and he's going to be like, well, we couldn't go 7-1 either. <laughs> right. First time in 12 years for a five-game sweep. First time in 13 years a man has ever hit the octave that Greg Brown did <laughs> in his play-by-play call, which we'll have for There should you. be a Greg Brown musical. There should just be a Greg Brown musical. You could write that, Randy. I'll do it. Raise the Jolly Roger. Damn buckos. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like it. There you go. Uh, All right. Quick break. We'll be right back. Tim Benz with your sports. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit on vacation today. Tim Benz filling in with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. Brought to you by CCAC. And we start with happened yesterday at PNC Park. Line drive towards center. Over the head of Kane. This might win it. Josh Bell into second. Runner being waved home. Here comes the throw to the plate. He's going to be safe. The ball gets away. The Pirates will get off. They've won five against the Brewers. Unbelievable. Raise the Jolly Roger in the rain. Enjoy the break. Buckos win it. Incredible. Josh Bell walks it off. Can you believe it? What if they were above 500? I wish you would have ended it with like this Cyrus from the Warriors. Can you dig it? <laughs> that was Greg Brown at ATT Sportsnet after the 7 6 double come from behind victory for the Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday. A five game sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they've won eight of nine now. They have won. As it turns out, 7 of 8 in the 8-game stretch that Neil Huntington put forth is kind of a be-all, end-all for the season. Remember, he said last Sunday, we've got 8 games coming up, 4 and 4 ain't going to cut it. Well, how about 7 and 1, Neil? Does that cut it? It makes it easier when we continue to play well. Uh, it makes it better, I should say, when we continue to play well. It makes it easier if, if we continue to go on 9 and 1 stretches, if, if we can continue that. Uh, it also makes it easier if we go on 1 and 9 stretches. It's just not nearly as much fun. Now those goalposts are moving like Greg Brown's corduroys after Josh <laughs> Bell hit that ball over Lorenzo Cain's head. Wow. One not one in nine stretches, nine in one stretches. He's equating the two like, oh, it makes it easier for us. Like, isn't he just kind of setting us up for the sell-off there? Yeah. Like almost like he's rooting for it to happen to make his job of selling all these players easier. Right. Well, that's, that's why it had that major league feel to it where I'm I'm watching the Buccos now. Because it seems like they're playing to spite the owners in the front office. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want this thing to end and be broken up. For as much as I've always felt that he has been complicit with what the mission statement has been from the Nuttings, I never felt that way more than when I heard him talk yesterday and gave that one and nine comment. Oh, without a doubt. It just struck me more than ever that they crystallized it. Dude, he's complicit. I used to defend him. As well, you know, he's making chicken salad out of chicken scat. You know, that's... We haven't had chicken salad in a while. Nope. And he's saying, no, you'll like this. No, look, uh, we got to have the chicken poop for a a while here because it's your fault. The guy who I used to like a whole lot is now blaming me for not going to the games for his team's lack of success. Yeah, it's apparently... Again! On us. We already spent the money and went, you pocketed it and got rid of all the players. (laughs) And we have no faith that if they were to a trade like a Marte or a 
Felipe Vasquez or a Gregory Polanco that they get the proper return yeah. back. And that's that's the big part of it is what are you getting back in return? And they haven't right. been able to parlay it when they've made these trades in the past. It's not ruining Josh Bell's good vibes, though, as they go to the uh, All-Star break. It was, it was crazy, you know. Take it from the, the field to the to the clubhouse and you know, we got people dancing in here and music's playing again. And, you know, there's life back in here, so it's fun. Did you like the natural-esque lightning strike as he struck the ball yesterday? Lightning flash in the background as he got the base hit. Really unfortunate, though. Barbara Hershey shot Josh Bell outside of PNC Park as soon as he left. What the Sad hell story. was that? Uh, football news. Mike Tomlin talking about Lev Bell and his contract situation by 4 o'clock today. The Steelers either have to extend Lev Bell or he's going to play, if at all, on the franchise tag for $14.5 million for one year. Tomlin back in his hometown in um, the Newport News area, Norfolk area. I don't even know exactly where the camp is, but WAVY Television interviewed him for his uh, Hampton Roads football camp. Uh, this is where Tomlin talked about Lev Bell and whether or not he needs to be at training camp and how much optimism he has about potentially getting Bell's contract done before the deadline. You know, he's the type of guy that's highly conditioned over a 12-month calendar. So the getting acclimated things, some of the things that other guys need are less important to him. Uh, obviously, we want to get the deal done. He wants to get the deal done. Um, everybody has said that. Uh, now it's just about the negotiators, negotiators getting in the room and, and doing what it is they need to do. I'm excited and hopeful. Uh, hopefully we'll have some exciting news here before Monday. Still waiting on it. Yeah. He, he thought the same thing 365 days ago, too. So. Exactly. And uh, uh, look, he's in better shape than most people. He doesn't need the same things that everyone else does and then goes out and has 22 yards rushing against the Browns and gets benched at the end of the game and stinks until the third game of the season. Even by his admission, he needed to do a better job in the pass-catching game with Roethlisberger last year and was out of sync. So he's even admitted to that. Um, One more year, I'm, I'm fine with it. One more year and see ya. Thanks for the memories. He can make 14-5 and not go to camp. Yeah. Seems like a deal. It's exactly right. what he will do as well. <laughs> and I think there might have been a little... Did you see that tweet he sent out before uh, the yes. weekend hit? about patience. I've got patience and he's showing himself kind of ducking in the hole and waiting for the hole to open up. Wasn't that like a harbinger of things to come, sort of a foretelling? Yeah, guess what? If somebody rolls your knee, I don't care how much patience you have, you're not getting a deal after this year. It's such a roll of the dice. I can't believe he got away with doing it already. Like the first, I thought he was crazy the first time. And then they come back and they've upped the offer. So it's like, you won! You Here's got 13.1 million right, now. You, you won! You made it one more year, and now you can actually get a little bit more. And then they offer, and he's like, nope, now I want 17. That's how you know he's a true pothead. Because <laughs> he's just changing. like, you know what? I'd rather just sit on my couch until September 1st <laughs> yeah. and take the 14-5, man. <laughs> I ain't going to camp, bro. I'm, ro- I'm rolling a blunt rapping. This is when sycophants <laughs> are a bad thing. Because nobody will tell you that you're an idiot. They just keep going, yeah, man, you deserve more. Yeah, man, that's how it is. And by sick of fans, you mean people that are behind wrestlers at WWE with signs that say pay Le'Veon? Does yes. that qualify? Yes. Yeah. He probably paid somebody to do that. You know the turtle <laughs> in his entourage had to go to that game last night. <laughs> Sit there with a stupid sign. Uh, home run hitting contest tonight for the All-Star game. Game. I- match. Whatever wrestling is. And then uh, the All-Star game is tomorrow. I was thinking back. Do you guys remember the two home run hitting contests here? The one in Three Rivers in 1994. I was at that one. Frank Howard and Ken Griffey. Still probably one of the best ones ever. And then the one here at PNC Park wasn't bad either. That was Ryan Howard, wasn't it? The second one? Sorry, Ryan Howard, yeah. 
I'm sorry, did I say Frank? Frank Howard? Thomas. Frank Thomas. Yeah, the big Griffey, hurt. Yeah, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. in the first one in '94 was fantastic. And the second one was Ryan Howard and David Wright. David Wright. Mr. Aaron Andrews. Yeah. Yes. I was at the one at Three Rivers. I remember Frank. The, the Frank Thomas was hitting bombs to the third deck, center field. 500 plus yard blasts. The Moises Alou game was the All Star game the next day when he slid across home plate. And that, that was still one of the best All Star games of all time. And the roster was unbelievable. Quick break. We'll be right back. DVE. DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Rusuda on sports. And uh, our buddy Joe Bartnick is hanging out with us too. Joe announcing his comedy show coming up December 1st. At Club Cafe, two shows, and you can get tickets for that at clubcafelive.com and do so today because uh, that'll be great. Joe, in December. It's going to be fun bringing Andy Picaro. Oh, cool. Coming back into Wonderful. town and Colin Chamberlain. So, oh, And man, maybe and, and anybody else lineup. who wants to come and do a set or whatever you want to do. You've been all over the country, man. Every time I see your social media posts, you're somewhere else, and... Uh, you've had some epic shows with uh, with Burr and Verzi too. Yeah, we did some great. We just did the Fox Theater in Detroit. That was amazing. That, that's that. a legendary theater. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's, yeah. One, one thing with Bill, you get to play all these really old theaters that they redone. Yeah. Now they just look amazing. It's yeah. just a it's an amazing thing. Good deal. The sound at the Fox is great too. Did, we, we played the University of Minnesota. That was so many. Oh, it was funny because it was like uh, not spring break, but it was like the last week of summer or the first week of summer. I'm bad with colors, but like, there's still kids there, but mm-hmm. they were done with school, so they're so, raging. Yes, <laughs> it was just yeah. people <laughs> raging in the streets. It was like 106 degrees. Did you know in Minneapolis they just leave pianos around town? You would love it. Really? You go up and play all your tunes. Yeah. Really? There's just pianos around town, and not like homeless people doing heroin on them. Like people walking up and start playing like rocking out tunes. It's really incredible. In bad weather towns, it surprises me that they can get away with that. I mean, because you, you think it would last one winter, and then that thing would be shot. Well, I think they're on wheels. They push them back inside. Oh. But but they're still like, I, I saw maybe eight pianos around town. They push them down to Florida for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be all right with that. I mean, look, if Pittsburgh is going to do anything, uh, putting out a bunch of pianos would be one of my favorite things they could do. But uh, short of that... Ken Rice's idea to push for the rocking chairs at the point. I think this is a good idea. The swings. The, yeah. Have swings. Yeah. I nice do think swing. you should be able to get like one or two of them should be like you can jettison out into the water. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Through the fountain. Yes. Swing shot. Just Greg Brown out of the cannon. <laughs> Nothing bad could possibly Splash. come of that. There could be no problems whatsoever with any of that. Well, don't forget, there was yes. a guy who wanted to have a zip line that went from the top of Mount Washington down to the point. Get on one of those swings and jettison yourself out and land on one of the tiki boats that's coming mm. down through the point. I, honest to God, thought Wysocki made that up. The first time, because I remember hearing the floating him tiki's? talk about that. No, the zip line. Oh. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that can be a real thing. No, it was a real thing. It was an idea that a guy had, and there was no way it was ever going to happen, but it was being proposed, and I don't know how far into the proposition process someone just went, I, 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 let, let me stop you right there. No. <laughs> As Next. he walked in. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's your idea? Oh, you don't even have to talk. No, the answer's no. Guys, hear me out. No, answer, we won't hear no. Uh-uh. The lawyers might have a problem with this one. They have a zip line at the zoo now, you know. Yes. They do. For the leopards to escape. Yeah, right. In New Orleans. 
<laughs> Jaguar. Uh, I saw this story yesterday. NPR put it out, I think, in response to the Jaguar getting loose in New Orleans story. about This was about a tiger, or a leopard, rather, in Russia. In 1997, this guy, this hunter in Russia, shot this, this leopard, and it wounded him. The, the leopard got away and it just got pissed and it went on a rampage it it it, it started hunting the guy oh, and then on. it took his scent like orca to, to his exactly yeah. took his scent to his cabin trashed the cabin and what? sat and waited for the guy no way the guy comes back to the cabin leopard's just waiting there for him and he's like hey Remember me? <laughs> and then just sitting in the dark like Chili Palmer. Killed him. He's the Clint Eastwood of leopards. Yeah, killed him. He sat down and had a shot of whiskey at the bar. <laughs> yeah, hang him high. Flat out killed him. That's an amazing story. Isn't that awesome? It sounds made up. Yeah. It was on NPR. They don't they don't make up too much stuff. No, but <laughs> but much. I mean it's it's amazing. I believe it. It's incredible. Remember the animals that got loose in Zanesville not too long ago? Oh, Bill, uh, Bill, yeah. Bill knows yeah. all about that one. Yeah. It's 56, 56 of them. 56. What was that guy's story? How was he able to have all those animals? Because um, you're because, allowed to. Because in Ohio, you're allowed to just have more zoo animals than the zoo, apparently. And that's How cool. has that law not been and changed the dude in had every been, state? Like, the dude had been locked up. Like, he had, like, 50 violations People were calling the cops on him like weekly. And he was he just got out of jail. His girlfriend was taking care of the animals. <laughs> That's a lot to ask. Remember they it's, found the monkey in the lion's stomach? Mm-hmm. And he had herpes. Yeah. The monkey had herpes and he yeah. was running around Zanesville. He was infecting everybody. Well the way that they the way that they actually called the cops was crazy because they had there was the neighboring farm where this guy was living with his mother and she's <laughs> like an elderly woman and and she, they see the horses out in the, the, the pasture, like, being a little skittish. So they go out, and he's like, well, you know, what's wrong, Bessie? What's wrong, right. girl? And then he looks over, and he sees a, a male ty- or a male lion just in a, like, a, you know, crouching. crouching position, like, probably 100 yards away. So he's like, oh, my God. So he takes the horse, starts walking it towards the barn, looks back over his shoulder, the lion is 30 yards closer. And there's only like a deer fence separating the Ugh. properties. So he gets the horse inside the barn, locks himself in there, and just stays in there. And the woman, his mom, is like, she's the one whose voice is recorded on the, the call. She's Didn't like, the zebra go horse. scampering across I-70? Oh, yeah. There was a documentary. I think CNN did it. And um, it talked about, you know, the first responders who were there and... They didn't want to shoot those animals, but they had to. They didn't had have a to. choice. They were getting death threats from people and naked and afraid, Zanesville. <sighs> I mean, oh. there was there were grizzly bears and baboons, like, and it was about to get dark. Yeah, it was. They uh, just let those animals roam. I was looking for, it, but our internet just went down. I was going to try to find that nine one one call from Zanesville. Like, can you imagine? I mean, we had a. Uh, like a little like pesky raccoon in our backyard one summer. Nobody went outside. <laughs> just stayed inside for a week. This is on the next level. This is just crazy. Is R.I.P. Alpaca trending yet? Like R.I.P. Harambe. By the way, the the uh, the guy uh, was found. At, you know the the guy after he shot himself, he was found um, 
Junkless. He had no genitalia? Uh, well, it had been um, eaten. The owner of the zoo? Yeah. One of the animals ate his junk? Yeah. Probably that monkey with herpes. One of the, How do you uh, think he got it? One of the tigers. Wow. Yeah. I've been waiting to do this for a long <laughs> time. He thought that leopard had you know, a lot coming to him. A vendetta. High school, I'm pretty sure, and I just saw a wolf. Okay. Sheriff's office. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> okay, okay. Whatever, dummy. Bath salt circuit in Zanesville. There's an animal flu around this area. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I just seen one. It looks like a jaguar or a wolf or something. It was over in the analog yard. As soon as I opened the door, it took off. 911, where's your emergency? Yeah, there's a lion on Mount Perry Road in Grayshot. <laughs> Mount Perry Road in Grayshot. Hold on just a moment. I'll put you in touch with the Lincoln County Sheriff. Okay, we're at on Mount Perry Road. Um, it's about probably a half a mile off 40. There's a big horse barn on the right. I just mm. drove by and it walked out in front of me and it was standing there under the street light. Okay, SO, we got one of those lions that are missing out of <laughs> Muskingum County. Yeah, I put uh, people with calling and telling me because I've been working on my truck really close to there and I just got in there and left. Got in my truck and left. Okay, and you just saw it on Mount Perry Road? Yeah. Okay. Nice music to us, by the way. How far off of 40? About a half a mile. Half a mile? It was going west. <laughs> it's going le- or west? It was heading west in a hurry, yep. Did he have his okay. turn signal on? <laughs> All right. Alrighty. We'll get somebody down that area. Don't, you know, if you see it again, don't approach it, okay? <laughs> yeah, good advice anytime. Uh, yeah, there's a malnourished Mufasa at the Best Buy. Um, there's a couple dudes who shot it on their own. A couple people oh, yeah. like they oh, they they, they, up. they did. They, they're they're posing with them in the back of their truck like they bagged a deer, but it's like a lion. I think you're allowed to shoot a tiger if you see it in your neighborhood. I agree with you, unless it's in a Ohio. Detroit tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Right, unless it's Kirk Gibson. Right. And then that's not cool. That's it for us. Thanks to Joe Bartnick for hanging out. And uh, don't forget his show, the plural, two shows, December 1st at Club Cafe. Get your tickets for that December 1st. Comedy Showcase at uh, 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 clubcafelive.com. Also, thanks to Steve Davis from ESPN. And special thanks to Tim Benz for filling in for Mike Pursuit today. You in tomorrow, too? I'm in tomorrow and Wednesday. Then I'm off to Maine for Thursday and Friday. But I'm in for the next couple days. What's in Maine? What are you doing? Family stuff? Uh, yeah, family's got a home up there. So. Nice. On a ba- water or Bahaba. in the woods? And Bahaba. Oh, oh man. That's beautiful. Hoity-toity fancy. I've been dreaming of going there. We've I'm not even kidding. that family where we summer in Maine. Dude, that's you gotta, awesome. you got to say it that way. Good summer in Maine. That's a very New Englandy thing yeah. to do. I, I almost rented a house there for my family. I, could, I couldn't convince anybody to go. I go, I'm like, look at this house in Bar Harbor. It's got a huge pool. The kids can be at the pool all day, and we're like overlooking the ocean. It'll be awesome, and nobody wanted to go to Maine. They're like, we're not going to Maine. Why would we go to Maine? I'm like, because this house is cheap, and it's beautiful. And they're like, screw you. We're not going to Maine. <laughs> It's good for a week. If you've never done it before, it is definitely good for a week. I really want to do it. Acadia National Park, where there are no roaming lions. No. Are there ticks? That's a nice. They're almost as big as the lions. The ticks? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just take a possum with me. There you go. There's no billboards. (laughs) It's eerie. There's no billboards in Maine? Yeah. Not a lot of My wife's from Maine. Yeah, there's no billboards. So you're driving on the freeway, and there's just beautiful. Yeah, it's kind of eerie. Eerie has billboards. So many. Lots of billboards. And they're all from Mamma Mia's Pizzeria, <laughs> home of the Collar Bomber. 
Uh, there's by the way, Evil Genius on Netflix. The Collar Bomb mm-hmm. totally left out a bunch of stuff, and you should go to the podcast and listen to our interview with FBI agent Jerry Clark, who uh, was on the case, and said, hey, great documentary, very entertaining. They left out all of the stuff that would have made you draw the conclusion that Brian, whatever the hell his name well, was, was 100% in on it. And by the way, Jessica Hoopsick got arrested last week for prostitution, uh, <laughs> like the, the week before the 4th, actually. She still has a job, so. Yeah, she's still She's still frosting. working. She's still working hard up there. And I wonder if that kid is Brian Wells' kid. Has to be. Yeah, didn't everybody say he looks like him? Yeah. <laughs> the way you said that. I thought there was a, some stupid collar bomb joke. I was, I was just about to make it. Like, nah, you know what? I yeah, know. I, back, yeah right? you know that the umbilical cord was around when he's coming out. He's <laughs> like, looks just like his dad. <laughs> you stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.